This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. And good morning, everybody. And welcome to our show. Welcome to Tuesday, two for Tuesday later when uh, we get to the music. Listen for double shots throughout the day. Starting at 10 o'clock with Veronica Gonzalez. And uh, we've got a lot coming up on the show today, including a true crime report. Today is opening day for the El Paso Chihuahuas. However, they're on the road. Oh. Next week is the home opener. But today, the uh, Chihuahuas are going to be Woo. out on the road. We're going to have General Manager Brad Taylor in to talk about uh, opening day next week. Finally. I want to find out how many day games we have because those are hella fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are. Have you ever been to a day game, Joanna? No, I don't they think are I have. So, it's hella day drinking. That's what it, it is. It is hella day drinking. I do remember drinking. Buzz's story of when he went and he ended up drinking the day away. <laughs> Snockered. It was kind of what the cool kids were doing. Going <laughs> <laughs> uh, to find out what kind of promotions are going on this year with Chihuahua's general manager, Brad Taylor, that's coming up around 8 o'clock this morning. Don't forget, we're going to have more cash code keywords starting at 8 o'clock this morning. And then every hour through the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to have a cash code keyword that we'll give out. And then you can enter that on the KLAQ mobile app. You can also enter it at KLAQ.com. The more words you enter, the more chance you have to win. And when I say win, I'm talking about daily. We're going to have a $2,000 winner every day. Somebody's going to win $2,000. And the uh, top prize, which you could win, is $10,000. The more of the cash codes you enter, the greater your chance to win cash, up to $10,000 with the KLAQ cash code. Steve Kaplowitz will be dropping by for one more tourney talk as the... The last tourney talk. The last tourney talk brought to you by GECU. As uh, Kansas came back in one of the most thrilling comebacks, I think, in a basketball finals ever, and uh, topped North Carolina, who when I when I turned in mm-hmm. for the night, North Carolina had it, I thought, well in hand. So this must have been one one heck of a comeback is, for is the that Jayhawks. You, is that always nice to do? Like, do you go to sleep before a game is finished just so you can be like, I don't want to be surprised in the morning. No, I go to sleep because it's my bedtime, <laughs> or I'm tired. But do you do you enjoy the the surprise of finding out things did not turn out the way that you thought they would the next morning? I never thought of it. No, I would have I would have preferred to have been able to stay up with the adults and watch the end of the championship game. But I was just me. You know, people listening to the show. I know it's six six oh five. We don't get up at 6.05. We get up a couple hours before that, so our bedtime is usually a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the Jayhawks are the NCAA champions. We'll have sound, uh, sound clips coming up later this hour and uh, include that. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Joanna, what do we have coming up in your Hollywood report later today? Well, the Razzies have been having a change of heart a lot lately. Shall I think we... the Razzies are probably done. 
I mean, go ahead, but I, I feel like the, the Golden Raspberry Awards are probably going to close up shop. She didn't even get a chance to finish her first sentence. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but I was, I've was i been thinking okay. about this. I see what you're saying, though. I kind of feel the same way because now uh, Shelley Duvall's Worst Actress nomination for The Shining has been rescinded. <gasps> Good. Yeah, the ra- the Golden Raspberries were started by a, a film school student who never made it in Hollywood, so he started this thing. And they have a history over their 45 years or however long they've been handing out the Razzies. They uh, nominated Stanley Kubrick for Worst Director for The Shining, which mm-hmm. is a you know a legitimate masterpiece, and Shelley Duvall for Worst Actress in The Shining, which just is... You know, a really dumb choice. And then uh, they had an entire category for Bruce Willis on his direct-to-video movies. I think when we're talking about, like, the worst movies of the year, we're not talking about necessarily direct-to-video movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just another backtrack by the Golden Raspberry Awards. Right. right? Okay. Uh, we'll have the entertainment news on our way a bit later this morning. Nico, what do you bring to the table today? Nico is here again on time. Nico's going to do the news, so there's going to be a change in the lineup. Nico's going to bring the news. Nico news. Nico news. By the way, did you want to do rock news? Uh, No, that's just too much of a slap in the face. Who's going to do it? Him. No. (laughs) No, Buzz, Buzz really thinks that it's offensive for me. To do that to the listeners, because to people who, who are fans of who rock, really music, yeah. love rock music, for you to make a mockery, oh I wouldn't. I actually would try really hard. I wouldn't know I what was I was going to help him out with it. I mean, if you tried, I wouldn't know what I was doing. I still just wouldn't really want to talk about that system of a down cover that Machine Gun Kelly did. Oh right. my God! Well, we'll do the rock oh. news. And we'll play the. Okay, that's my thing to bring up right now. Machine Guns Kelly, stop embarrassing Armenian people. Okay. <laughs> Was it a, an especially bad cover version of Ariel's? It was, oh, it was an especially bad, like, vomit-worthy cover of a song. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, maybe Machine Gun Kelly's super talented, and I've just caught him on off nights, but when I've seen him perform, like, at, you know, Rockin' New Year's Eve or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just... He's a good rapper, but when he tries to sing and he tries to rock out, just stop it, man. It's not your genre. Yeah, stop it. Oh, is he a good rapper? Yeah. Is I mean, because the rock stuff I've seen, it always seems like it's somebody who's not competent as a musician, like a, you know, a crappy local band <laughs> is what Machine Gun Kelly No, it, He wrote a feud song for Eminem, specifically to feud with him. And supposedly he wrote every single word of it. And it, it's actually pretty biting. I mean, there's some things that you'd be like, oh, that's pretty clever. I wouldn't suspect Machine Gun Kelly to come up with that. We are into the final days of uh, the $10,000 Improve Your Home giveaway. So we've got the $10,000 that you could win on the uh, Q cash code, but also $10,000 from GECU and KLAQ and the Town Square Media family of stations wants to give someone who needs it a $10,000 home renovation budget. All you need to do, and by the way, the deadline is April 10th, take a photo of the part of your house that needs the renovation or needs repair or replacement, Take the photo uh, and also tell us just a little bit about yourself. It can be brief. Uh, Tell us briefly about your improvement plans and then submit your photo through the KLAQ mobile app. You can also do it through KLAQ.com. And both of those places you can find the rules for this contest. Deadline to enter is just a few days away, April 10th. So get in the photo, 
a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your home improvement plans, and send it through the KLAQ mobile app or KLAQ.com from all of the eligible entries. We're going to draw randomly. So once you get your entry in, you've got as good a chance as anybody else in the contest to win the grand prize of $10,000 toward home renovation. That is from GECU and the Town Square Media family of stations. A television station, like one of the local affiliates in Minneapolis, found archived video that I guess nobody's seen like in almost 50 years, where they're interviewing a kid that really looks like Prince. Is that Prince? Right. That's what everybody said when they were interviewing this 11-year-old kid. They didn't have the audio for it, but eventually they were able to track down and recover the audio. This was a whole technical process, it sounds like, that they went through. And then the local station found the audio, and everybody believes, yeah, this is Prince being interviewed about a teacher strike when he was 11 years old <laughs> in Minneapolis, which is where he's from. So, What do you think of the teacher strike, Prince? I love it. Because he wouldn't have to go to school. Because mm. he's 11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. I thought you were going to come up with, this is what it feels like when doves cry. <laughs> I actually don't know the name of one Prince song. Or, really? You're not a Prince lyric fan? From, I, I, At I, all? I enjoy the way he plays basketball on you know Chappelle's show. but yeah, That wasn't him. That was somebody playing him. Oh, uh, it was Chappelle. Okay, maybe Nico should not do rock. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though you don't know much about rock music, I figured you knew something about Prince. I mean, Why? Prince is a is a once in a generation type of artist, man. Uh, Do you know that he is generation? a multi instrumentalist? Yeah. He's one of the most fantastic guitar players yeah. I know, who I, ever lived. I've seen documentaries about him. I've seen that he's a virtuoso. How do you not know? Anything about Prince? You just don't. I like the care. biography. I just the music isn't something <laughs> I listen to. I'm interested in the guy, but his music, eh. Take it or leave it, huh? We've uh, got a lot more to talk about uh, on the way today. We've got neckline calls. If you want to call us directly in the studio, though, here is the studio line we're going with. It's 915-910-4995. Let me repeat that because that's a new number that we've had for about a week or two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) 915-910-4995. to give a call to the Buzz Adams Morning Show. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We've got today in sound clips on the way for you in just a moment. Um, Trailer for the Bob's Burger movie is out. All right. I like Bob's Burger, but I feel like 30 minutes is the max time that anybody could reasonably be expected to watch Bob's Burgers. Really? You are wrong. Yeah, I, I can binge about five episodes, six episodes all at once. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A movie sounds like it'd be perfect. <laughs> right? No, I, you I, know, I heard the Simpsons movie was terrible, and then I went to go see it, and it wasn't the greatest. <laughs> and it was terrible. Look, I don't want to make this a fight between Simpsons and Bob's Burger. We're all in the same animation domination <laughs> Sunday night team, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying to me, and I want to be perfectly clear, I enjoy Bob's Burgers. But to me, sure. 30 minutes seems to be the perfect time for Bob's for Burgers. For Bob's Burgers. Uh, what about one episode? So Okay, so I was reading an article about this where they said that the Bob's Burgers people did talk to the Simpsons creators about their 
movie making experience. And they said, we're going to make, we're, we're not going to make the same mistakes they did. Oh. I wouldn't say the Simpsons movie was terrible. I mean, <laughs> I won't say it's terrible, but, but I, it did seem like, oh yeah, this, there's a reason they're 30 minutes long instead of an hour on TV, I feel like. So maybe, maybe that's what influenced you to say that. Right. You're, you're thinking, oh, I can't see them stretching out this material that long. No, I think I've like consciously thought at the 29th minute of an episode of Bob's Burgers, well, that's the perfect length. I'm glad they're not going 35. <laughs> Today is National Deep Dish Pizza Day. Mm. Joanna, do you like deep dish pizza? Not really. No, I like New York style or thin. You know, I'm not. I, I don't like have a complicated nice crispy crust. If that makes sense. But here, I don't want a crunch. I don't want lasagna on top of a loaf of bread, which is what deep dish pizza seems like on to me. On top of a loaf of bread, where you've literally like your fork won't go all the way down to the. That was Buzz's big take. But you guys probably have only had. Uh, deep dish pizza, like from Little Caesars, or uh, yeah, probably. But if you ever go to Chicago, my my brother used to to live in the area, and when we would visit, we'd always get a deep dish pizza, and they are gorgeous, delicious. They are just amazing. They're just a lot of bread. Well, I mean, it's literally a deep deep pan that it's being cooked in, so it's about four or five inches. It's like a pie, like a literal pie made with marinara sauce, cheese, and you know, sausages. It's delicious. Today is National Caramel Day as well. How did you say that? Caramel. Caramel? Caramel. It's <laughs> just switching between the two. Caramel. 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 What would you say my skin is? Caramel. <laughs> Let's talk about spoilers for a second. They interviewed people about, or polled people. Interview is not the right word, but they polled people um, about what constitutes a spoiler. Five percent of people say it's a spoiler if you tell them something's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. Spoiler. That's not a spoiler. Spoiler. That's not a spoiler. No, it's not. In a new poll, seventy-eight percent of people say it is a spoiler to say that a character dies in the end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's... Dumbledore. Iron Man. Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> Around 50% of people say it's a spoiler <laughs> if you say in a general way that it has a happy ending, that that's a spoiler. Do you agree? Um, Kind of. Maybe. Yeah. 45% say it is a spoiler if you say something sad happens in a particular episode of a show, I guess. You, okay, so you know what's interesting about that is... Uh, people in the chat have mentioned before that they they were able to game out what the movie we were discussing was like, even if we were trying not to do spoilers. They said they could game out some scenes based on, oh, there were, you know, it was good or it had a good ending. Those little things. They said, yeah, we basically detectived the <laughs> the whole thing. We gave them the clues. Yeah, the clues. Forty uh, percent say it's a spoiler to mention that something big happens. In an episode. I guess they're talking mostly about TV TV shows and streaming and stuff. 32% don't think you should say that there's a big twist coming up. Six. I, I guess I'd agree with that. You know what I don't consider a spoiler, and I wish they would just say so at the beginning of the movie? What? 
there are two credit scenes or there's one <laughs> credit let me know when the thing's yeah, over how long do i have to stay here i don't want to be at the very end when they're <laughs> when they're talking about who did the digital animation for the japanese overdub of the movie it, 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 when you get down to that point i don't need to see that the only reason i'm sticking around to see if there's one more little yeah. easter egg in there or whatever that's so. why they do it so they can get suckers like you to stay there the whole time why they don't make any extra money. They've already got my money. Why would they waste more of my time? They want people to know who the makeup artist is. No, they was. don't. They don't care. They don't care. They absolutely care about the makeup artist. They care about Do all you know, those little... Putting all that stuff in a movie wasn't even a standard practice until the 80s. Like, you you would put... They, you mean 40 years ago? Yeah. You would put who the stars are, who the director was. Yeah. Maybe the cinematography. That's about it. Did you know that movies used to be black and white and soundless? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it doesn't do me any good to run all that stuff. I don't care. It's not care. for you. It's for the people who are makeup artists, gaffers, uh, assistants. They they feel proud of their work. You and mean they want whoever you. the assistant best boy was is sitting at home matter. and it occurs to him, a dude in El Paso just saw my name because he stuck around looking for a, for a trailer <laughs> at the end of a movie. I, I don't think, think so. They are probably just happy people are sitting watching now, the credits. Yeah. Why, why would they put an end credit scene? They it, put in credit scenes all the time. No, I understand, but why would you? Why wouldn't you just do it? Why wouldn't it be a beginning credit scene? I, that's that's my question. You're wasting everybody's time. They're, they're here. not. They want you to see those things. I don't think they care. Then what's the point of the the, the trailer? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. They've I'm already got my you, money. There's no reason to <laughs> trick me into watching a bunch of credits unless but, there's a scene. There is because they know that you won't look at the credits otherwise. I don't. They don't. Why would they care whether or not I look at the credits? They care about because those people worked they hard. Worked hard. They I care. barely care who the actors are. <laughs> they, they're not God. thinking Buzz Adams in El Paso is a curmudge, old curmudgeon man. No, no. I speak, for, I, do, I speak for the majority. Trust me. <laughs> oh, do you? oh, yeah. I speak oh, for most God. people on this. You absolutely do not. <laughs> If Buzz speaks directly to you, let us know in the app chat. Also, I'd speak for the common man. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check out our sound clips. We'll start with the NCAA championship. The Kansas Jayhawks overcame a 16-point deficit at one point to beat the Tar Heels of North Carolina, winning the 2022 men's championship in basketball. North Carolina had a chance to tie with a three-pointer in the last second. Here is the final call. Oh, I was going to say this had to be one of the biggest comebacks ever. And it was, uh, I think it was a 10-point game when I checked out of it. But at one point, there was, it was a 16-point deficit. Final score, Kansas 72, North Carolina 69. Cappy will be in later. I'm sure he watched to the bitter end. Uh, let's find out what else is going on. Oh, here's a woman who's describing... Why a jar of olives cost her $100? Hmm. Can Yikes. you think of why a jar of olives would cost this lady? Uh, uh, th these weren't super special olives. They're either. put into a brine with gold flakes. <laughs> <laughs> right, here is the uh, woman talking about how a jar of olives ended up costing her a C-note. <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> She's all, what is that noise? It keeps clinking. <laughs> the uh, star of the Conjuring so movies, 
sang an Iron Maiden song. Who would you consider the star of the Conjuring movie? Patrick, Patrick Wilson, Wilson, but okay. also Vera Farmiga. I was going to oh, say, Vera. What? Exactly. Yeah, it's not Patrick great. Wilson, it's Vera Farmiga. I, I consider her to be the star. She's great. Yeah. Uh, did you know that she is Ukrainian American? <gasps> I, I didn't know that. I guess that, that her means her sister, Thaisa Far- right. uh, Far- Farmiga. What about her brother? Is there a brother, Farmiga? There's like. There, them, there, there are four. I know there are four. Uh-huh. They're farming them. Uh, Ukrainian American <laughs> actress Vera Farmiga sang Iron Maiden's The Trooper in support of Ukraine's <gasps> effort to fight the Russian invasion. She was backed by Anthrax guitarist Scott Ian. Oh, wow. <gasps> is she doing a good job? Chills. Yes, yeah, she is. That's awesome. This happened at a music school called the Rock Academy in Woodstock, New York, and uh, Vera Farmiga herself posted the video. Amazing. Uh, She starts off the song by shouting, Slava Ukraini, which means glory to Ukraine. Also, the trooper uh, by Iron Maiden is about the charge of the Light Brigade, which was a failed military action by the British against, do you know? The Russians. The Russians. That's right. So Vera Farmiga is 48 years old. So she was like a high schooler when Iron Maiden was really right. popping. For in a 48-year-old, she sounds great. Also, Scott Ian. What a treasure. I love her. <laughs> you, know what, you know how much I know about Scott Ian? What's that? He was on The Surreal Life. <laughs> Scott was Ian was on The Surreal Life? Or one of those celebrity rehabs. I don't rehabs. believe yeah. I mean, God. No. That can't yeah, be true. Absolutely. Why would Scott Ian be on... It's a real life. I mean, look that up for sure. <laughs> right. This is why I hesitate to let you go anywhere near something called rock news. Yeah, Nico, you're not helping. It's I was a credibility issue. Uh, anyway, while you're searching for that, another sound clip here. A man found a seven-foot snake hiding in his couch cushions. Oh, no. Imagine going through your cushions. No. Looking for... You know, change, or maybe your keys fell down there. The remote gets down there sometimes. Right. You know, you got to dig in your couch every now and then. Uh, well, this guy was digging in his couch. He found a seven-foot snake just kind of hanging out in there. Oh, God. You're probably wondering, did, was the guy, did he have a pet snake and he lost it? Did he? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the man called a snake removal service to deal with it. And it was still inside the couch when they got there. Not venomous. They say it's a rat snake that's native to Vietnam, so it's probably somebody's pet that got loose. Although this guy says that he doesn't, he don't have with snakes, so it's not his. Mm -hmm. The snake handler was excited about it because he's used to dealing with, you know, rattlesnakes, and this was something not as dangerous, but also more exotic, I guess. Uh. Last we heard, the owner of the snake hasn't come forward yet, but here is Alex Trejo, owner of the Southern California, it's called SoCal Rattlesnake Removal. He was summoned to get rid of the snake, and here he is talking about the snake. Wow. (laughs) What? There's a snake in my couch. There's a snake in my boots. (laughs) (laughs) Also, yes, uh, Scott Ian was on VH1 quite a bit. Yeah, but was but he was on some surreal, surreal life? Uh, he was in a show. Of course, he was on a VH1. <laughs> but he, he's an anthrax. 
He was on this show called uh, Super Group, where they got like a bunch of super groupers. Do you know what a super group? Do you even know what a super group means? That's where you would get like the best member of every band no, 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 and put them. Not necessarily the best have to be member. The best. You might get the drummer from Cheap Trick, and then you might get the um, you might get Van Halen singer. Vampires of Holly or Hollywood yeah, vampires. Hollywood vampires. Johnny Depp and Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's in it. So I guess in the super group that he was in, it was a TV show for VH1. There was Jason Bonham, Ted Nugent, Evan Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Ted and uh, Scott Ian. I remember seeing the show. Okay. Point is, he was not in Surreal Life. I got Surreal Life confused. All right. <laughs> Netflix now has a section called Short Ass Movies. And <laughs> this is because a Saturday Night Live sketch that they did this Saturday about movies being too long, and they wish there was just an easy way to find short ass movies to watch. <laughs> well, Netflix has responded by making an entire category out of movies that run about 90 minutes, give or take. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. A uh, local TV station in Minneapolis found something very interesting in their video archives, and it turns out... They know where Jimmy Hoff is buried. No, no, no. <laughs> Not that. That turns out it could be a significant... Uh, music history find. So I got that on the way, but I noticed we do have a call, and I want to thank everybody who calls into the show. Get yeah. those calls as quickly as we can. Telephone uh, line into the studio is 915-910-4995. And let's talk to Juan. Hi, Juan. Hey, boss. How are you today? Doing good, Juan. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm on my way to work, and I was listening to you talk about what it might affect Will Smith, and I have to disagree and agree with Nico on this because I believe people will relate. And if he does do, uh, you know, I guess apologies and everything, I think people will relate to him. I think everybody has that button. Not sure if you do, but I think everybody has that point where they reach. Uh, sure, right? Yeah, my I would like. I think most people would like to think it would take more than what what Chris Rock said to. To hit the, yeah, I would say most people probably have a point where somebody says something and you got a line that you don't go further than that. So I agree with you there. And my second theory is if anybody was supposed to come Will down, probably would have been Jada. And since Jada probably either may or not said something, but probably had that look, she probably just didn't have anybody to come him down. You know what I mean? So. You need that friend, you need that spouse, that couple, that that person to calm you down when you're not calm, but he just probably went off the rails on that. You know, so I don't I think, think a lot of people are saying that she gave some kind of sec- signal or it was the look on her face or whatever, but just to be clear, Jada Pinkett Smith did not get up and slap Slapping Chris right. Rock. Will Smith did. And, and as I much get, as it seems like a lot of people want to put it. I just have to point out to Nico, they have a general talking about Ukraine. Doesn't that look just like our friend Danny Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that look like Popeye? Popeye? <laughs> My God. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. But Juan, thanks for the call. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I, that's all I kind of want to say because I think. If people can still relate to the guy, he right. can come back. We don't know how much time, 
but I think he could come back. Yeah, I don't so I think, think he's over the way that like Kevin Spacey or Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby is over, but you know, I think it's going to be definitely a hitch. And I'll tell you this, if Will Smith, and I hope he does, lives to be 100 years old, when he passes away, that's going to be in the first paragraph. Will Smith, you Academy so? Award winning yeah, you think actor, so? I do, mm, wow. who famously slapped comedian Chris Rock. I think that'll be in the very first paragraph of his obituary. Assuming that that's the only memorable thing that will happen between now and when he dies. Nope. If he does lots more memorable things between them, then that will not be. Better start slapping a lot of fools in (laughs) (laughs) if he wants to cover that up. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, Juan. I I think you might be right if still Will and Chris both are very talked about in 40 years. They, people will remember. I don't think Chris is that important in four years. Neither will Will. So I think a lot of stuff can happen between now and like 100, maybe 40 years from now. So he's almost 60. Um, 40. Yeah, but when an elderly actor passes away, they take note. You know, Betty White was 100. She passed away, and everybody. I'm trying to think of some other ones. People even tried to bring up skeletons out of Betty White's closet, saying the other Golden Girls didn't like her. So I, I think Will Smith will still be. Famous 40 years from now, and if he's still alive, uh, I think this will still be part of his biography. You know, and Woody uh, Allen is still still around, and I don't think they're going to mention that in his first paragraph, probably. Oh, yes, they will. Woody Allen, Academy Award-winning director who, mar- who married his stepdaughter <laughs> or his adopted daughter or whatever. People have forgotten about that. No, yeah. they haven't. You guys are uh, you guys. I not you, Juan. No, I'm not going to put this on you, but Nico, you have a very short memory. I think. No, no, no. I haven't forgot about that, but I think a uh, one misguided, offensive, worldwide slap is different than somebody right. marrying uh, uh, the the because it just looks bad and it's continuous. Right. One moment in time compared to some somebody that he planned that when he adopted her i mean all those kind of speculations that's a good well, let's point see yeah. how, you know what let's see how will will uh, hopefully will smith and i'm not comparing the two things or, or equating them hopefully will smith handles this all better well, than some of these other celebrities well, brings up disgraced. another point that i had made before was that it's all about a pattern you know will smith has never had a pattern of these things and so people are going to give somebody without a pattern of of bad behavior the benefit of the doubt they're going to say well woody allen only married one adopted yeah but like juan said that's an on that's an ongoing crisis <laughs> right they show him sometimes at nick's games and they look perfectly happy they don't even i mean she looks like a much younger wife but it until you stop and think about you know the the beginning of that. Uh, I hesitate to call it a relationship. When you think about that, it's real creepy. But when you see them together, if you don't know all that Aww, stuff, it doesn't. Yeah, they're all look love. at them. Yeah, they look so much in love. All right, thanks, Juan. Appreciate the call. No problem. All right. you guys have a great day. Have a great one, Juan. Now, if Will Smith slaps somebody again anytime and a very high profile slap like that then we'd be like all right well this guy's obviously this guy's a slapper he's a slapper <laughs> he's a slapper uh appreciate the calls guys if anybody gives us a call in the studio that gets our attention and number one priority what's so, our number well it's a new line nico it's interesting that you ask yeah. we've had this line in uh for about a week at, and it is 915-910-4995 
I guess the area code is something you got to dial for all El Paso numbers now, or Mm -hmm. some of them work and some of them don't. So I'm just going to continue to give out the area code since that's the case. 915-910-4995. I got to do an article, Joanna. Tell me what you think of this one. Okay. There is a real-life idiocracy moment taking place in El Paso right now. <gasps> there is? Is it at Costco where they tell you, welcome to Costco, I, I love, love you? I love you. No. No? What is it? Or do we have to read your article to find out? I haven't written it yet. I just <laughs> wanted to write it by you and think. <laughs> so, you've seen Idiocracy? <laughs> yes, you gave okay. me the movie. Uh, yeah, it's the one thing you it's required. That's one thing I'll do. Like you'll, you'll know you're in my inner circle when I say, hey, I want you to go home. I want you to watch this and memorize it. Buzz has gifted it to many people. Many people. <laughs> a former strip club has become a Starbucks. <gasps> yes, it's was, now open. Was it called Bucks Cabaret before? No, it was called Prince Machiavelli's. <laughs> it is open now. And Amazing. there were a lot of people. The Starbucks was very busy, but an idiocracy. Starbucks is... Uh, a like, strip club. No, it's not a strip club. It's a... Brothel? A brothel. Yeah. So you can get a gentleman's latte for $500 million. Because... <laughs> inflation. Yeah, inflation, I guess. And it's like... Uh, like a gentleman's latte to completion is an extra $500 <laughs> million or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a real idiocracy moment that our Buzz. newest Starbucks is yes. a former strip club. Great article. That is a good article. <laughs> it is. And I feel like I should go to that Starbucks. We should get, get us coffee. Starbucks. Go through the drive-through <laughs> line and ask him for a gentleman's latte. <laughs> have you have you felt the ghosts of any strippers lately here? That's what I was. Has any random glitter shot up yeah. from anywhere recently? At one point, uh, the guy from the present. Uh, Luke Wilson says to his lawyer, man, I could really go for a Starbucks right now. And the lawyer, played by Dak Shepard, says, "Uh, pay attention, Joe. I'd like a job now, too, but we don't have time. (laughs) WCCO Television in Minneapolis went back in its film archives 52 years to 1970 when Minneapolis public school educators went on strike and they found uh, this footage of a kid being interviewed and people said hey that really looks like probably the most famous mini Apollonian of all time what the hell is an Apollonian Minneapolis resident the most famous Minneapolisite of all time I'm trying to just figure out what people from Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, Let me just play so you get an idea of how excited the reporters are on this story. So it's got a picture of the kid in the footage, and he's got kind of that sideways, almost like a like a devilish side smile. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a side smile that's Prince. You know, they think it's Prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess if somebody had said without any context or what city it was in, who does this kid look like who grew up to be a major international celebrity? A lot of people would say he looks like Prince. It's that side smile. Yeah, it really is that. All right. So this is the guy stooping over Prince. You know, was like five foot two or three as an adult. As an adult, he was five foot two. He was a very, very small. He was tiny. Really? Yeah, Prince, you didn't... <laughs> God dang it. He you, seems so larger than life to me. Well, sure, he's probably wearing 10-inch platform <laughs> heels. Made he would six wear foot heels, four. and that's what 
screwed up his. So he's bending over talking to this kid who's 11, but looks like he could be a seven or eight year old because, you know, little dude. Aww. Did you know that <laughs> Prince's first name is Prince? No way. And his last name is Nelson? I did not know and that. And he never changed it? No. That's crazy. So what they would hope for is that yeah. is that the reporter said, "Hey, tell me your name," and he would have said Prince Nelson, and then it would have been settled. All right, so this this gets involved and it goes in. I guess they tracked down some of the people who did give their name, and they said, "Oh yeah, that's Prince. I went to school with him. I grew up with him." It just showed yeah, the yearbook showed a picture, picture from the yearbook. He's got that same sly, sideways smirk. Smirk, yeah. Okay. Jump to the end of the story. Yeah, some people came forward and said that's it. That's him. <laughs> they found some people who were like, yeah, that's Prince. What, um, what's his real name? Prince. It's Prince. It's <laughs> um, an amazing story. So that is WCCO out of uh, Minneapolis. I mean, imagine if we discovered like a KLAQ audio archive where I'm interviewing somebody who went on to be a big star. F. Murray Abraham? When they're a little kid. I was thinking more like Nico and Jimmy, and like if we'd had Nico on <laughs> when he was five yeah, years old. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, we've got neckline calls on the way. If you want to give us a call, go ahead and use that new phone line that we've got in the studio. It's 915-910-4995. That is 915-910-4995. And this is probably a good time to tell you that this hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoos at Dyer and Monroe. Check them out on social media or visit PumpingInkTattoo.com. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoos at Dyer and Monroe. Check them out on social media or visit PumpingInkTattoo.com. I wonder if anybody's ever had like hair tattooed on their bald spot on their head. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's called people a, have done that. Micro? Do you know anything? Micro? Oh, microblading. Mi- micro? Well, no, micropigmentation. Oh. The microblading is for the eyebrows. eyebrows. But micropigmentation—they'll do little dots, and it'll help. It helps fill in. It sounds the, like you've researched this. Nika knows a lot about this. <laughs> I've been given recommendations by people. <laughs> I think you know what? I think you're at the perfect thing where if they matched your hair color and just put in dots, it would help fill in that's, because that's you've got do. just yeah. barely enough hair to claim, see, I'm not bald. <laughs> see? I'm not bald, right, Joanna? But if you had the no. bip, 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 I'd say they could do it for under 800 micro dots. I'm trying micro- to... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Like a fully bald guy would need a, a thousand. Million, yeah. No, a thousand yeah. micro dots. You could probably get away with just 800 micro dots. And it would pump look and a lot. Ink. Pump and ink. Give Let's work something out with yeah. pump and ink. I, I wonder if it's tattoo artists who do that, or if it's like a <laughs> dermatologist, or do dermatologists kind of hire tattoo artists? That's I mean, a good I know question. people get tattoos right. on their head, so it seems like if you went in and told them what you were looking just for, just give me brown, just match this color, fill it in. Kind of a sandy brown. <laughs> Dirty blonde. No, uh, I feel like they would get the color like perfectly. <laughs> you guys suck. They're, they're talented what? artists over what? there. I'm trying to help you yeah. out. You obsess I've over this, and anytime I try, I don't obsess. It's like every joke anybody will make about me, though. No, you don't obsess. You just stand. Look, look at that. He can't keep his hands off his hair. He's doing that all morning long. <laughs> Sometimes like the, I see him at pulling it. The slightest it. mention of his hair, he starts yeah. to. I gotta check if it's still there. Joanna, <laughs> Sometimes I see him like take his hair between his fingers and try and pull it and I think he thinks oh I can pull it out a little more you to make it longer like he's trying to st- 
stimulate the growth or something. This wasn't what this segment was supposed Not to be Not at all. Uh, Pumping Inc. Dyer and Monroe. Check them out on social media. <laughs> I've accepted it. Nico got a new puppy. I did. Oh my That's gosh, a great so looking cute. puppy. That is a great looking puppy. Wh- whoever you got that from. Uh, a rescue. Uh, it's a re- you got a lucky because a lot of the rescue yeah. animals are not as that looks like a catalog puppy, like yeah. for a, for a catalog ad. You know, hey, we need a puppy for this commercial. Get that puppy because it's such a gorgeous puppy. He is a very cute puppy, very very cute, and uh, I think he's like mixed a corgi mixed with a terrier, some type of terrier. And uh, the one thing about him though, he has a crooked tail. Like something about the tail when he was growing, it just kind of went <laughs> went crooked. I'm thinking, if you were a show dog, they would have put you down for this, just for having a crooked tail. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't have made it but in you the love show him dog universe. No, 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 I love him anyways. It's like, And he follows me around like he's very clingy. Like a little puppy? Nico's been wanting a puppy because he feels so lonely at home. I do. I get real lonely now that I, I'm by myself. I don't have a... <laughs> no, I, I'm by myself. I don't have a roommate anymore. <laughs> do you guys miss living together? Yeah, very proud of Nico guys, being out on his own. Standing I on asked his own you guys feet. this yesterday. It's about time. I asked you guys this yesterday, and you kind of just like looked at each other. You both were like afraid to answer first. You kind of just wanted to see what the other one said first. You know, I really so one part about living at Buzz's was I would I would hang out with uh, his dogs quite a bit, and and hanging out with them was is like uh, therapeutic. I think having an animal to hang out with, and you know. Just, you know, cuddle you. What'd you name your dog? Uh, Jack. Aww. It's a male? Yes, he's a male. Jack. Jackie. Jackie, Jackie after Jackie Robinson. Actually. Jack, Jack. Um, tell me the story. You had an Epstein, a Jeffrey Epstein story that involved Bill Clinton, and this is from Daily Beast? Yeah, from the Daily Beast is a new uh, interview with one of the victims of, uh, of Jeffrey Epstein, Julia Bryant, uh, who's from South Africa. She... Uh, uh, sued the Jeffrey Epstein estate in 2019, and now she's coming out with her full story. And man, does it just sound very strange. I haven't seen any of the documentaries on this, but just... Oh, I've seen the Epstein Filthy Rich on Netflix. The, the modus operandi that would happen between Jeffrey Epstein where whoever he was with just seems so creepy. So this, this woman's from South Africa. When she was 20 years old, uh, I guess... Bill Clinton was doing a goodwill tour or some type of thing throughout South Africa, and Jeffrey Epstein I'm here was to with him. Spread the goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeffrey Epstein was accompanying him. So this girl, Julie Juliet Bryant, says she was at a cocktail lounge with a friend when an associate of Jeffrey Epstein came up to her. A girl, okay, was a girl. It, uh, what's her name? Not Jelaine Maxwell, another, I don't know who this was, but she was very, apparently very pretty, and she went up to this girl, and she says, hey, some guy's bothering me, do you mind if I hang out with you? And then they start to talk, and she says, well, my friend Jeffrey Epstein's right next door, uh, you're very pretty, you want to be a model, he, you know, can help you become a model. Oh, yeah. Now, this sounds familiar from the, from the Filthy Rich documentary. And then she says, well, guess who he's having dinner with right across the street? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. So she goes, Bill Clinton. And so this girl, uh, Victoria Bryant, says, wow, he's with Bill Clinton. That's pretty credible. That's a credible guy. So she says, oh, I'd love to come hang out. So, so they go to dinner. Hanging out is Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Clinton, uh, Kevin Spacey, Ugh. and Chris Tucker are all at dinner. And uh, and so that just starts. Kevin the- Spacey and Chris Tucker? Uh, yeah. 
I don't know why. They were all there together. So anyways, this starts, I guess, a, a pattern where she was whisked away to different islands with, you know, Jeffrey and, and whoever she was with. So you mentioned that he sent somebody in. He so. sent somebody else to go, like, almost scout. Like a, He sent a pretty girl. So on the, on the uh, Filthy Rich uh, series, which is a documentary about Jeffrey Epstein, and it's on Netflix, they talked to one girl who said that I think she was recruited by Ghislaine to come and give a massage. So she describes giving Jeffrey Epstein a massage, and she was in high school at the time, and, like, he turned over and tried to initiate sexual conduct, contact, and she said, no. But then, so the, the way she tells the story, Jeffrey Epstein told her, okay, fine, but if you have any uh, young, attractive friends, if you bring them to me, I'll give you $200. So you're thinking, well, he, I mean, he was a billionaire or whatever. Was he paying these women like $20,000? No, no, 200 bucks. 200. 200 bucks to recruit. And as, as you're watching this, I could very easily see somebody saying, well, these women were willing participants, right. I can but see then it dawns on you, no, no, no. Were they? they weren't willing participants if they were 17 or 16 years old. Well, here she's 20, and she says, I was a silly young 20-year-old and thought it sounded like an amazing opportunity, considering the people he was with. <gasps> right? So I think, mm-hmm. in my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, you're just getting yourself in trouble by being a hot girl and going with some randos. But I guess there's a difference between 20 and 17, but... Well, even then, the fact that they, uh, Epstein would surround himself with an air of credibility, somebody who was established, Rich. wealthy, uh, oh, friends, connected. connected, friends with the president, a former president. Well, that former president is a big red flag all by himself. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, this had to have been after Clinton was out of two, office. This says 2002. Yeah, so, so Clinton had already been out of office for over two years. She had just turned 20. You knew all the Monica stuff. I'm not... Listen... What I'm saying is when you watch this Jeffrey Epstein thing, you start almost finding your mind blaming the victims. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't you see all these red flags? But then... But she's 20. I mean, you're... It sounds adventurous. You've already it been a grown-up for... A little bit. I don't know yeah. what the laws are in uh, yeah, you're South a grown Africa. Up. I mean, there's tons of very adult 18-year-olds out there who probably lived on their own for a while, and then there's some that aren't at all. But you do have to remind yourself, no, no, you can't be, you can't consent to this if you're under the, the age of consent. According to Bryant, when she arrived at the restaurant, Clinton stood up to shake her hand. Hey, how are you? And I'm enjoying your beautiful country. I and, like the hills, you know what I mean, and the valleys. Yeah. Won't you come on over here and sit down with me and Chris Tucker? <laughs> Do you understand the words? That are coming, <laughs> that are coming out of Clinton's mouth. Oh my God. So Clinton stood up to shake her hand and didn't let go, even when he began speaking to someone else. He I'm just going to hold on to my hand, and I'm going to scratch the inside of your palm with my middle finger. <laughs> That's the international language of love. Okay, so is this the modus operandi for these big, uh, creepy uh, uh, sexual predators? Well, they will get another. Oh, I think Jeffrey Epstein probably took it to an extreme level. Like you know, his resources. Coordinated. It sounds he had more resources than your average pervert. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't going to get stung in a. 
you know, to catch a predator thing oh. by troll. You know, he wasn't going to do that. He was going to have people go out and kind of vet. And this is all from the documentary. Hey, do you want to hear a neckline call? This neckline call is from a listener who was very, very triggered by something that was said. And as he was, as the caller's describing it, I'm like, hold on. I don't think you need to be up this upset because I think what he's referring to was a joke. Not only was it a joke, it was a three-word joke. But listen to how... That's how good I am. I hope the caller is listening because I'm going to put him at ease to let him know uh, it's not as bad as, as what he thinks he heard yesterday. I can't believe how ignorant you all sound. I don't know how you could thank Joe Biden for the gas reduction when he's going into our oil reserves. Under President Trump, we were energy independent. We had way lower gas prices. I mean, all you guys do is just spew nonsense. You want to talk politics, then have a real conversation. Have a a debate. Have people on there that know what they're talking about. You guys just spew garbage every day. It's ridiculous. To hear this message again. All right. Spew garbage. It took me... I don't know, half a minute to figure out like what part of the show he was referring to. And I'm like, Damn. you mean when I mentioned that I saw, I did see gas prices under four bucks in El Paso, which I thought was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's cool. This is the entirety of what set this caller off. Are you ready? Yeah. This is, this is the whole thing. Places mm-hmm. it was, I think, 364 is what I saw yeah. yesterday. So under $4, like, that's good. It looks like gas is down just a little bit. Thank of, you, Joe Biden. <laughs> that was it. Hey, Nico, when you said thank you, Joe Biden, did you did you have the mindset of making a political commentary or spewing left wing talking points, or was it a joke like a thanks Obama joke? Yeah, it was a thanks Obama joke. That's that's kind of what I thought. Thank of, you, Joe Biden. Because then we went on to the next item, whatever it was. I'm sorry if you don't get irony or a joke. joke. That makes Please. my day, though. When somebody being pissed at me for some for not getting a joke is kind of like like amazing. Not only was it a joke, it was a three. It was a stupid joke. Word. Yeah, it was a stupid joke. I mean, gas reduction when he's going into our oil reserves under President Trump. We were energy independent. By the way, I thought that was interesting to find out that we were energy un- yeah. independent under Trump. I didn't so know I, that. So I checked it. We were never energy independent <laughs> under Trump. You eating garbage now? It's it's amazing the the lens with which you can view things and automatically assume. Well, the different persons in office, and now the prices of gas is going up. Well, that's obviously related. Also, if we're going into our strategic reserves, I would think when there's a war in another country that's impacting global markets, that's what the emergency reserve would be for. Is a situation like that? So. Um, but I'm not going to go so far as to say, because I realize not everybody gets sarcasm. Thanks, Joe Biden. All right, let's take a break. Coming up, news headlines with Nico Ajimian on the way. Woo. That's your tease? Oh. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We're going to get to uh, our news with Nico coming up in a few minutes, but today is... First game for the El Paso Chihuahuas of the 2022 season. Here's general manager for the Chihuahuas, Brad Taylor. Hi, Brad. Hey, good morning. Great to see you. Long time Great no to see. see. Yeah. It's good to be back in well, person. Well, you know, it? that pandemic affected two baseball seasons. What was the situation? You guys 
had how many people don't, coming don't, out? Don't make me relive it. Uh, right, 20, I know. 2020 was canceled by Major League Baseball. There was no minor league season. 2021, we started late, and it restricted capacity for the first uh, homestand or two, and then things started to normal out. It. I'll tell you, I yeah, missed well, going out. I, this is the first year, knock on wood, it feels like things are humming along, we're back, I, I hope everybody's healthy, you know. Minor Triple A baseball not affected by the uh, contract lockout. No, so the lockout, uh, if that had not gotten settled, which it did, uh, it would not have affected Triple A because the Triple A players, uh, unless they're on the forty man roster and part of the Major League Players Association, uh, they wouldn't have been affected. So we would have played anyway. Uh, but I think in general, it's good for business that everybody's getting along and everybody's back doing what they do. Yeah, for sure, for fans especially, oh, absolutely, everybody. You know, for everybody. Yeah. Brad, you've been the uh, general manager since the very beginning, right? Yeah, do you believe this is season nine? Season it's, nine. It's year nine. Wow. We're calling it year nine. I'm not counting the 2020, but it's year nine, yeah. I got here in uh, May of 2013. And you've been in the GM box the entire time. Actually, he's never in the box. He's always walking around. <laughs> he's checking concessions. He's I wish checking. there was a box. <laughs> yeah, there's no box. Brad's always walking up and down. You can see him all over the <laughs> studio. Know, before uh, we came on, he was just mentioning that, how the whole trend of working from home would not work for him because he, ha- you know, he goes around and he likes to you know that's how that's how he works yeah uh so the chihuahuas got a road trip and then the home opener this saturday we did we landed in austin last night and playing in round rock texas today for opening day and we're there until uh sunday we come back here monday and we play next tuesday as our home opener oh tuesday's the home opener. april 12th against the oklahoma city dodgers Oh, I was looking at our calendar. Nico, we need to switch from March to April. I thought the twelfth was on Saturday because I was looking at the mar- at the month of March on there. Yeah, somebody should get on Tuesday. that. Tuesday uh, night game. It is six thirty-five p.m. Gates at five thirty. I want to ask you uh, coming up, Brad, about some of the promotions, some mm-hmm. of the regular promotions. Also, I know day games are really. Uh, a, we got a lot of fans of the day games, so I want to find out when we have day games on the schedule. Tell us about our new manager. His name is Jared Sandberg. He was the bench coach for the Seattle Mariners last year. And in a really in relation to baseball great Ryan Sandberg. He would be his nephew. His the nephew yeah. of Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, and wow. Jared played in the big leagues. Uh, and one of the cool things, it's kind of come full circle for me, when I left Bowling Green, Kentucky and the Bowling Green Hot Rods to get hired to come start the El Paso AAA baseball team, Jared Sandberg was the manager in Bowling Green. So we okay. are now reunited uh, nine seasons later. So uh, it's pretty cool for us, and I think everybody's going to really like Jared and the entire staff. They're they're all – it's a brand-new crew downstairs, as we say, in the clubhouse, except for our strength coach. And he, he's kind of becoming El Paso and A.J. Russell, but everybody else is new and uh, – a lot of exciting new energy. How about the roster? How many uh, do we have? Any uh, players back well, from last year? Well, the roster's year on the kind roster? of interesting because spring training is still going on because of the lockout. So spring training actually ends tomorrow. Major League Baseball starts Thursday. So today and tomorrow, our roster will look a little different than it will probably look Thursday and Friday. Because of guys being called up? Because there's some guys that are filling some Major League spring training spots that would probably be on our roster in AAA. Oh, wow. So uh, to answer your question, I think about a third of our team will be guys that have been here before. Okay. 
Uh, let's talk about some of those promotions. First of all, day games. How many day games? Uh, I might be putting you on the so, spot. No, no, we no, have, no, no. We have uh, in I can't in stress later enough April? how popular the day games oh, are, especially boy, during the know. week, because people can take the day off, or some people can <laughs> take the day off and go to the ballpark. So the first one is on April 27th. If you're talking about midweek day games, April 27th. What day is that? That is a Wednesday right. at 11.05 a.m., and then the next one, similar to that, is May 25th, uh, also a Wednesday. All right. But one of the things we've done is some of the earlier games this year on Sundays, we try to get in a few Sunday day games before it gets too hot during the oh, Sunday. Nice. Yeah. So those will be at 12.05, I think the first three or four of those. And then because the AAA season's been extended and we play through September, we went back to playing on Sundays at 12 in uh, September. So if you like sitting outside and watching a baseball game during the day, there's probably a good uh, eight to ten chances to do so this year. I'm, I I get the logic of not having a day game uh, in the heat of the summer. Do you have any, like in July, August, or oh, do no. you just keep them out of no. there? Because it's just we have too, found the sun city hot. doesn't like the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, gets, it gets too hot, and I get that. Uh, we like the sun, but it'd be a lot nicer if it was in the <laughs> 70s or 80s as right. opposed to the 110s. Um, we've got on Saturdays the fireworks back every Saturday. We do, yeah, fireworks spectacular. Oh, one nice. Of the, one of the cool yeah. things that people will see this year we are very excited about is we replaced all of our stadium lighting towers with LEDs. So now the lights come off and on immediately, and they can do colors, which means we can enhance fireworks shows with lights. We can do the cool stuff when home runs are hit. Oh, or very soccer cool. fans have seen so far when we score a goal. It's really, it's really neat. What, what kind of savings do you see in energy with that? Well, it's going to be significant. We obviously just put them in, but one of the things they had talked about uh, as soon as the next couple of years is, you know, 30 40%. Wow. Yeah, and exactly, because they're so much more efficient. There's no heat. Uh-huh. warm-up time anymore. So, like, for me, after a fireworks show, we can turn the lights off and on, and everybody can see to start cleaning up and getting out. Very cool. <laughs> it's not the old-fashioned lights. April 12th is home opener and rally towel giveaway. How many rally towels 3, do you have? 3,000 okay. red rally towels presented by Mattress Firm. So uh, that'll be a great optic for everybody in there waving their red around and uh, getting the park open for baseball. How about special jersey nights? Do you have a lot of those coming up this season? We do. We're working on a couple. Um, you know, one of the things I think we've been pretty fun at and good with uh, raising money for charities is some of the theme nights. One of the things uh, we're kind of getting into is a relationship, uh, as is the rest of minor league baseball, with Marvel. Ooh. So there will be a Marvel-themed jersey later this year. Cool. There's been Star Wars for a couple of right. seasons. There a few there seasons, has. actually. Correct. Those are really popular. They are. Uh, and then there's some other ones. Obviously, our Bark at the Park, our annual something fun with a dog theme on it will happen. We will unveil that later. Now, is that when you can bring pets? Or it so is. You can we bring have pets sep- as long as you can control them. Yeah, that's, no, th- th- there's there's rules behind it. And i got to tell you, our Bark at the Park days are the really the most relaxed, easiest days to work at the ballpark. People bring their dogs, and they're all chilled out, and everybody behaves it's actually quite nice. And, awesome. Uh, we do that three or four times a year, and then there's one day where we make it the big bark at the park with the theme jersey and the charity auction and everything. Uh, Joanna has cats. You don't do meow at the park by any chance? <laughs> we do it's not. The chihuahuas, so not, not the calicos. Oh, that's right. A little yeah. harder to control cats. <laughs> yep. uh, we've got uh, Tuesdays with tacos and brews. You want yeah. to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, taco twos and brews. I mean, who doesn't like tacos and beers with the specials when the gate's open and running through, I think, 8 o'clock or so? And um, 
you know, every day of the week there's something going on. Uh, Thrifty Thursdays. Wine win- wine and nine Wednesdays. Wine and nine. So we thought we'd be clever, and you can enjoy nine innings of baseball with some wine. <laughs> uh, you know, we want to appeal to everybody. So if you're a wine drinker and you think it'd be cool to have a glass of wine watching some baseball, come out for wine and nine on Wednesdays. Is there anything we're not covering here, Brad, that you want to get the word out on? I'm just excited that we're getting going again. And I think one of the things that we heard fans talk about from last off season to this is uh, focusing on the food aspect again. We have a new director for the food company. And uh, I think, you know, we started off, if you'll remember, nine years ago doing all these different food options that we wanted to be different than just a hot dog and a hamburger. And the food company kind of got away from that. We said we need to get back to things like the Huevos Rancheros burgers, the crazy-themed Juarez dogs, Chico Diaz, which is like a cool chicken quesadilla with jalapeno ranch crema, which mm. happens to be my favorite uh, so a lot of those uh, popular food items that were on in the very early years are back. Uh, and we're really excited about that because part of the experience of going to the ballpark is being able to just uh, enjoy something to eat and drink while you're there. Everybody has a great time at the ballpark when you're watching the Chihuahuas play. So excited that the season is starting back. I up. think the first one I went to, or the only, yeah, the first one I went to, you took me, right? Buzz is the only one who's ever taken me to Chihuahuas games. I, I don't know. I, I've taken I, I, a lot of disadvantage use to <laughs> <laughs> Chihuahuas but games. I love it. Time. I love the park. I think it's so cool to see everybody really excited about something like this in El Paso. And the park just looks good. It's like really good well, looking. Thanks. We put a lot of effort into keeping it well-maintained, repaired, in good shape, clean. Uh, to us, cleaning is a marketing expense. It's right. like putting our best foot forward every day, no matter if there's an event or not. We try to look good and presentable and frankly if uh, people feel comfortable and it's safe and clean they'll come back any uh you know san diego chickens this year any guests coming in no like that? i'm not even <laughs> sure if ted the san diego chicken still does that um that's something you know what we can look into because hey, year ten is on the horizon next year. So yeah, maybe tenth anniversary. Of, bring back the that's chicken. That's a good suggestion. Philly I'm gonna, look, in, I'm gonna yeah. look into that. Run it up the flagpole. Yeah, why not? <laughs> right? See if anybody salutes. All right, thanks, Brad, for dropping by, getting oh. ready for that baseball season, and don't forget you could uh, hear all the home and away games on our partner station, six hundred ESPN El Paso. What's our broadcast crew this year? Same. Yeah, Tim Haggerty will be back. The voice of the Chihuahuas. Nine years going strong. Yeah, and, Tim's uh, been doing it. You'll hear years. him on the call tonight from Round Rock. All right, so tune in, 600 ESPN El Paso, and get ready for the home opener on the 12th. April 12th, epchihuahuas.com for tickets, and as always, thanks for letting us come in and chat. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Uh, Let's go ahead and get things started. Right now, we get this thing started right now. It's news headlines with Nico and Jimmy. Good morning, Nico. Good morning. Let's get started with Ukrainian news. A senior defense official told reporters on Monday that while the U.S. cannot independently verify Ukrainian claims of Russian atrocities committed against civilians in Buka, a suburb northwest of Kiev recently retaken by Ukrainian troops, there is no reason to doubt them. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky visited the town Monday where he accused Russia of genocide. Ukrainian officials have said more than 400 civilians were found dead there many with hands tied behind their backs, shot at close range. They had a lot of images, and a lot of these stories had graphic image warnings. So, you know, they've got photographic evidence anyway of what they're claiming. Although Russia denies it, right? Russia denies it, absolutely. And they're they're actually saying that it's uh, false flags, that we're making it up, and those are crisis actors. President Joe Biden has called President of Russia uh, a brutal person. 
Biden, speaking with reporters later in the day, also had uh, some thoughts on what he said about Putin being a war criminal. This comes as about two-thirds of the Russian forces surrounding the Ukrainian capital of Kiev have withdrawn towards Belarus, according to the official. This is up from an estimated 20% late last week. The Pentagon believes these forces will be resupplied and possibly reinforced in the north before heading back into Ukraine to fight elsewhere. In addition to moving some of its troops away from the capital, Russia has also reinforced its long-range strikes elsewhere, largely in the eastern and southern parts of the country, the official said. Russia has fired more than 1,400 missiles against Ukraine since the beginning of the invasion. Here's Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba, who talks about the civilian casualties. All right. Meta says it, is quickly, it quickly fixed an issue with automatic blocking technology that removed content about the Buka Ukrainian atrocities. Its automated systems scan for violent imagery and then block it. But in the case of the Buka deaths and graphic photos, it lifted the restriction. The company says this happened automatically because of the graphic content people posted using these hashtags. When we were made aware of the issue yesterday, we acted quickly to unblock the hashtags. Facebook and Instagram allow graphic and violent content when it's used to raise awareness of human rights abuses. Human rights groups criticized the company for purging the original content, considered evidence of abuses from its server after 90 days. A defense official is revealing that the U.S. secretly conducted a hypersonic missile test last month. CNN reports that the test was kept classified in order to keep tensions down with Russia at a time President Biden was scheduled to travel to Europe. The test of the hypersonic air-breathing weapon concept, or HAWC, was launched from a B-52 bomber off the West Coast and was performed shortly after Russia said it used the same weapon during its invasion of Ukraine. Earlier this year, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin urged the production of hypersonic missiles to stay on par with both Russia and China. President Joe Biden's first nominee to the Supreme Court passed a major milestone Monday after the Senate Judiciary Committee voted on whether to send Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination to the full Senate, setting up a final confirmation vote possibly on Friday. While a confirmation is nearly certain for Jackson, it's unclear how many Republicans will cross the aisle to vote for her. If confirmed, Jackson would be the first black woman on the Supreme Court. There are th- at least three on record uh, as of this morning. Lisa Murkowski, Lisa Murkowski Mitt, Romney. Mitt Romney, and Susan Collins of Maine are Republican senators who have said they would vote to confirm Judge Jackson. Well, here is Joe Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain. Nature is not done with the South just yet. Several states are bracing for more storms and possible tornadoes after two consecutive weeks of severe weather and tornado outbreaks. Texas got hit yesterday with rain, flooding, and high winds. Today, the threat moves into the southern areas hard hit by the previous storms. The weather will continue over the next two days, covering the entire South up to North Carolina. Last month was a history-making worst March ever for tornadoes. Your parents are pretty lucky uh, being in Oklahoma that they don't have, you know, that they haven't had too many tornadoes. Yeah, it's just part of life there, you know. Tornadoes have always been a part of living in Kansas and Oklahoma. And What do you do if you're older, though? And are you supposed to get out to the, the, uh, the basement, you know? Sometimes they're usually on the outside of the house. Sometimes they have a lot of stairs. I mean... I gotta, what, remind me to send you a picture of the thing that my parents have. It is honestly as close to a hobbit hole as you could unintentionally come. Like if you wanted to build something and put like a round door on it, you could make it look more like a hobbit hole. But it is a mound 
that's got a, like a gigantic, I don't know what it is, but because it was there when they bought the place, but it must be like a, a really gigantic piece of culvert or something. Oh. You know what that is? Like a big, and it's just buried in the ground and it totally looks like a hobbit house. So it's not made of metal? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Like metal culvert. Okay. Well, uh, uh, best wishes to all the people who have to deal with that. At least 18 people were injured after a mass shooting in Sacramento. Six fatally uh, Sunday early in downtown Sacramento. The, three of the deceased are men and three are women. Sacramento Police Chief Kathy Lester said during a press conference Sunday afternoon, the victims have been identified. Lester asked for the public's help in identifying the suspect or suspects involved in the shooting. So far, one suspect has been identified as 26-year-old Dondre Martin, who was arrested on assault and illegal firearm possession charges, police said. The shooting came just several hours after one person was killed and 10 people were injured when gunfire erupted at an outdoor concert in Dallas, Texas. President Joe Biden released a statement Sunday night condemning the shootings and calling on Congress to pass measures to combat gun violence. The latest headline I saw in that Dallas one is that they didn't have permit for that concert, the <sighs> one where the the shooting took place in Dallas. No way. Yeah. Was it a, like a Live Nation concert? No, Live Nation would have had a permit. Right. This had to have been some... Like independent kind of yeah. type of thing. It's tragic. Well, grocery shoppers are bracing for expected price hikes in eggs after 21 states confirmed cases of avian influenza. Oh no, my cascarones. Mm-hmm. A highly pathogenic illness commonly referred to as bird flu, causing a disease in both commercial and backyard poultry. I'm impressed that you learned the word cascarones. Cascarones are my favorite Mexican tradition that I learned well, after moving to El Paso. They don't do it where I'm from. What what do you like about it? It's the most fun tradition, you, you, you say? Yeah, it's fun. You get to smash eggs filled with confetti <laughs> on top of somebody's head. Well, who doesn't love that? Every year. The first time it happened to me, I thought I was being physically assaulted, though. Nobody <laughs> won. <laughs> no, no, no one warned my, you. My, my fist went up. It's like somebody's hitting me at the street <laughs> Easter party. <laughs> who was the first person to casca on you? Do you remember? No. <laughs> You just remember thinking, I've been assaulted. Yeah, I don't remember who did it. I just remember that all I knew, I'd been hit on top of my head. I was like, who hits, who slaps somebody on top of their head? Then I noticed all the confetti. (laughs) Every year, there are at least two Cascarone-related deaths a year. (laughs) Nationwide or just in El Paso? Just in El Paso. Just at the St. Anthony's Bazaar. Well, your egg prices will be going up because of bird flu. Uh, while no humans have tested positive for the disease, it has led to the death of more than 17 million birds, the USDA said. Prices are expected to climb amid the seasonal demand during Easter and Passover, with the outbreak expected to make prices even more expensive. Eggs now average 2.88 per dozen, up 52% since the first confirmed case of avian influenza in February, the highest since the start of the pandemic in March. Wait, in February, eggs were $1.44? That's crazy. For- for what a dozen? For a dozen. Man, I don't know. I don't You only shop at bougie places. If you consider Albertson's bougie. It's a bit bougie, yeah. Is it? That's where I go to be bougie. Yeah. It's not Food King. Right? It's not Whole Foods either. Yeah, but it's like All right, you're broke you're, when you're broke. Right. Like Albertson's is the bougie. That's right? El Paso bougie. Yeah, yeah. You're El Paso bougie. All right. I got a suggestion for a, a Easter related uh, promotion, and you tell me if I should even bother running it by management. Okay. Okay. So we go to New Mexico. Oh my God. And we have an Easter grass festival. 
And what we do is take plastic eggs. Uh-huh. And we don't invite kids, only adults 21 and old, older. Uh-huh. And we fill them yeah. up with edibles and other uh That actually is a great products. idea. For an Easter egg hunt? Oh, yeah. my God. That is an amazing idea. And then idea. we hide the eggs, and only grown-ups are allowed. But you might open it up, and it's like, oh, an edible. Or you might and open you it up, and it's and like... And then you forget, what am I doing? Where are the other eggs? A vape cartridge. <laughs> Look. A vape cartridge. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll table that idea. The Secret Service detail protecting Hunter Biden, the controversial son of President Joe Biden, has been paying more than $30,000 a month to rent out a luxury mansion in Malibu, California. For nearly a year, sources familiar with the matter tell ABC News. The agency responsible for protecting the president and his family, among other ranking government officials, selected the property in order to be located as close as possible to President Biden's own rented mansion, where he is paying about $20,000 a month, according to property listings. Wait, he's paying 20000 a month for the property or for the Secret Service? Uh, also, wh- are they even factoring in the cost of the salary of the Secret Service? No, this is just the month, the rent, the monthly rent for a mansion. So How much? I'm sorry. 20000 and 30000 a month. Dang. Hunter is a is a weight around his poor father's neck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, he's just a near He's a troubled kid. I yeah. mean, you know. He's not a kid. He's in his 40s, man. Yeah. He's a, he's a, a, a troubled relative. Uh, everybody has those trouble. What happened to Barack Obama's dad? Did he never, not, like, didn't... Skipped out on uh, the mom. I think he went yeah, back to Africa did, and then just exactly. freaking stayed there. But then he kept saying, like, oh, he never comes to see me. Like, he was our... Everybody has a problem. Relative, Relative, I feel like. Jimmy Carter had Billy. Yeah. Trump had everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Clinton had his brother, too. Bill Clinton had Roger Clinton, Clinton. who was just a consistent embarrassment. Right. He was always drinking. Oh, he was in The Nanny. Roger Clinton became Fran Dresser's uh, neighbor in that season. The last season, I think. Anyways. Even... Even bad presidents had bad relatives. Uh, Richard Nixon had a brother, Donald, who was making all kinds of deals with foreign governments, like through informal channels and stuff. Really? Asked about the cost of George uh, Washington had this brother, Chad, who was a real pain in the ass. Chad Washington? Yeah. 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 They they don't write about it much. I've never heard about Chad Washington. (laughs) He was the one who actually chopped down down the the cherry tree and he pinned it on George. Asked about the cost of the protection, a representative for the Secret Service said to ABC News, due to the need to maintain operational security, the U.S. Secret Service does not comment on the means, methods, or resources used to conduct our protective operations. Representative yeah, for it's Hunter inf- Biden. It's infuriating that this guy is such an albatross around his father's neck. It is. Yeah. You know, anytime you want to point to something, you've got Hunter Biden that you can always it, point to. And then, you know, then you find out the taxpayers paying all this money so he can live in Malibu. Right. I mean, it's like his move dad, to a cabin somewhere remote in Alaska or something. So nobody has seen for four and years. Stay there for two more years. <laughs> yeah, probably that's probably the best yeah. advice you could give somebody. Become a wildlife. What, what's the uh, what's the Alaska show? The wild people in Alaska. Oh, uh, living below zero. Yeah, living. <laughs> become a living below zero person. Just let your beard grow out and don't show your face. <laughs> Until after the <laughs> until after the midterm elections, <laughs> until after twenty twenty four. Retired senior Secret Service agent Don Mihalek said the arrangement is the cost of doing business for the Secret Service. Adding that under federal law, the agency has a mandated protective responsibility for the president, the first family, and anybody else the president designates for protection. Adding this isn't new. 
Which is true. I remember, wasn't the, the Secret Service forced to pay for a whole floor of Donald Trump's tower? I think... Uh, well, the big controversy toward toward the end of the Trump era was how much they had to pay to live next door to Ivanka and Jared, and that they weren't allowed oh, right, to use right. the bathroom inside uh, their right. house, so they had to go to a separate bathroom. Do you remember when that was a big brouhaha? Yeah, I do. Like I said, everybody's got their embarrassing relatives. <laughs> and Trump, it's and for Trump, it's everybody, everybody? but Baron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The CDC says 72% of coronavirus infections are the Omicron BA2 subvariant. With that, an epidemiologist at the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation in Washington State believes the strain could displace the first Omicron variant in just a couple of weeks. The good news? White House Chief of uh, Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci says while cases could increase with the BA2 variant, he doesn't think a major surge will happen. Since the Omicron spike in January, the U.S. saw COVID infections and hospitalizations, hospitalizations drop over 90%. And if you're a fan of hiking or Yellowstone National Park, here's your chance to get a lifetime pass. I guess also if you're a Kevin Costner fan, this would be a, a deal for you as well. Is that like Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah, Yellowstone the show. God. Okay. All right. Stupid. Yellowstone National Park has new annual passes, but you can't use them in your lifetime. What? The park is offering a new annual pass that will get visitors into the park 150 years from now, and not before. The passes are called the inheritance passes, and they sell for $1,500. Damn! Yeah. My aunt and uncle had kind of a deal with cowboy season tickets like that. that <laughs> what? No, everybody who has season tickets, they... they it's inherited? They don't give up. No, they, a lot of people put it in their will. You get my season tickets because once you give up your season tickets, good luck ever getting them back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard that. The park's fundraising arm, Yellowstone Forever, will use the money for projects including trail improvements, education, native fish conservation, and scientific studies. Yellowstone markets. Yeah, but how do you know your great grandchild is going to be into going to see Old Faithful or whatever? Hey, Yellowstone. Like, what? Yellowstone passes. Uh, global warming destroyed that 50 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> Will Yellowstone even be here? Oh, you mean radioactive wasteland <laughs> national park? Pass. Thanks, Granddad. Yellowstone marked its 150th anniversary on March 1st, and the world's first national park will mark its 300th anniversary in 2172. That's when the passes, which Yellowstone forever hopes people will buy for their descendants, will be good for admission for one year. And say try again. <laughs> I'm all for national parks. I think they're one of the greatest ideas that anybody ever had. It's a it's a uniquely American idea, although it's been copied by other countries. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for a pass so my great to, so great that my grandkids. my descendants can go to Yellowstone. Enjoy nature, Billy. Yeah. And with that, my name is Nico. That's news. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Tell us what's happening. You can call us in the studio or you can leave a message for us. The studio line to get in directly to the show is 915-910-4955. I'll repeat that for you because it's a relatively new number. 915-910-4955. Leave a message for us on our toll-free neckline. That number is the same, 844-805-NECK, 844-805-6325, to leave us a message that could get played back on the air. 
Steve Kaplowitz is on the way. We're going to have Turney Talk. Turney Talk. By all accounts, I turned in early last night when North Carolina was up by like 10 or 12 points, but the greatest comeback in the history of the finals is what they said. So Steve's going to come in for another Turney Talk brought to you by GECU. Wasn't Kansas favorite as well? but but Kansas was the favorite going in, and they were a one seed. So I'm sure a lot of people betting were happy to see North Carolina up. Depending on oh the lines, you know, I forgot bet, to mention. Know. What time do you want Steve? He wants someone to text him. What time you want him in? I don't know. Just what? When's he planning on getting here? He's, He's here. already here, but he has you know a meeting. Oh, it's right. Tuesday, so the... it's Tuesday. He has his meeting. Right. I said nine ish. Nine ish. Sure. Okay. We'll have Cappy coming in. I didn't go see him at um. Border City Alehouse last House. night was where he oh, was doing his show. I did not go. I had I had my puppy Jack. Jack, Jack. And I was thinking, oh, beef ribs are over there for two ninety nine, and I had this stupid dog. Have you? Oh. Uh, is he housebroken yet? Yeah, uh, he's he's crated, he's crate trained, and you know we've been wor- working really good. He's he's potty trained by now. Snip. That's adorable. He is snipped. He just got snipped last week. No. Do you have to have a cone around his head? Uh, for the first couple of days he did, but now he doesn't Do anymore. Do you have a picture of him with the cone? No, no picture Damn of it. the cone. But, you know, he's been uh, scratching a lot, and I wonder if being in El Paso, because he's from San Antonio, and I wonder oh. if... Wait, wait. Did, did you drive to San Antonio to get your dog? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Well, it's a, a, a certain type of rescue I want. I want a corgi. My, my whole family's always had corgis, and so I want a, a rescue corgi. What do you guys think you are, the queen? <laughs> no, just it's always been a family thing. I don't know. We've had like five different don't ones. Don't judge his dog preference. When one dies, you have to get another one. Yeah, that's true. And they didn't have the kind of dog you wanted in El Paso, so you, you well, I wasn't going to say. I, I, I wasn't going to buy a, a purebred corgi. Okay, which. I just wouldn't do that. And yeah, the, all the types of dogs in El Paso are generally bigger. They had some smaller ones. You don't want ones. some janky El Paso dog. No, right? no, there was tons of very cute dogs. A lot went, of mix, a lot of like pit bull and something else mixed. A lot of I spent yeah, so many weeks going through our uh, Humane Society website and the the uh, El Paso um, Animal Services website. I even went down to go play with some of them uh, and check them out. Nico's been wanting a dog because he's lonely in his <laughs> new house. Wanting a dog. And it is, it is nice having... I talked to him. <laughs> Time for entertainment news and Hollywood notes. Here is Joanna Barber. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Amy Schumer may have been triggered and traumatized by watching Will Smith slap Chris Rock at the Oscars, but the host had been prepared to joke about Alec Baldwin fatally fatally shooting Helena Hutchins on a movie set. During a stand-up gig over the weekend, Schumer, doing her first set since co-hosting the awards show last weekend, ran through some of the jokes that she says her lawyers scrubbed from the script. (laughs) Here, I'll I'll rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, it was this one that mainly is popping up. Are you ready? Don't Look Up is the name of a movie. More like Don't Look Down the Barrel of Alec Baldwin's Shotgun. One. It's Oh, it's so cringy. The oh, cringe. It's not even a good it's joke. It's not a good joke. That, that, not also, a good it, was, it was a handgun. It wasn't a shotgun. Right. <laughs> Get it right, Schumer. Hey, there's something called joke logic. Okay? It's got to uh, make yeah. sense. It's cringy. It's cringy, but you know what? I, for for a why sta- would Amy Schumer choose to share that joke? She had to be lucky she dodged that bullet. Hey! <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you think Amy Schumer's a good comic? I do. I actually think she is a good comic. Um, I'm a lot less familiar with her stand-up, but when I've seen her doing her stand-up work, she's really I love she's she, really good on stage. When she came out and she's like, I was busy getting out of that Spider-Man costume. Did I miss did, anything? Uh, did the vibe change in here or something? <laughs> um, Amy good. Schumer comes from the traditional New York City stand-up comedy scene, which is, I mean, that's one of the, the two best that you can... You come up, if you can come up successfully, yeah, that's one of the hardest. Everybody knows it's New York and El Paso. Comedy 101 from Nico. New York I and El Paso. It. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think she's that's that's just a lazy joke. But for uh, for a stand-up set, I could see that kind of be funny. Hey guys, here are all the rejected jokes I was going to come up with. Yeah. yeah, but they should be really, really funny. That one was bad. They should have some joke logic to them. Yeah. That one doesn't even make any sense. I wonder if Amy Schumer knows the difference between a handgun and a shotgun. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe she doesn't. She's like, I don't care. I was doing a joke. A lot of people, a lot of comics used to criticize, or still do criticize her at this point, though. Like, she's kind of the epitome of, like, I don't know, modern female comedy. Or You know, they say, oh, all she does is talk about, you know, her private parts and this and that. I'm like, have you heard a guy stand-up comic? Like, Talking about his dingling? Yeah, that's like mm, yeah. <laughs> a standard joke. Well, I mean, some people may not care for comics who talk about their privates, male or female. Right. You know, some people may not find it especially clever. Although I'm sure that somebody, plenty of comics have bits about their private parts that are really, really funny. Oh, yeah. There's some great D jokes. Louis C.K. until we found out they weren't jokes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. <laughs> Louis C.K., who recently won a, what a Grammy. Grammy. What a Grammy award. Was that your segue? I mean, was that? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Happy coincidence, I guess. Fans of Shelley Duvall will be happy to know that her Golden Raspberry Award nomination for The Shining has officially been rescinded. This week, the Razzies announced that a new award for the worst Bruce Willis performance of 2021 has been revoked in light of his aphasia diagnosis. In a statement, co-founders John J.B. Wilson and Mo Murphy explained that it was inappropriate to analyze Will Willis' performances from last year in this way, given that his medical condition is a factor in his decision-making and or performance. They also noted that extenuating circumstances can apply to other nominations as well, even from those decades past. With this in mind, they've decided to also officially rescind Shelley Duvall's Worst Actress nomination for The Shining. Their statement went on to read, as we recently mentioned in a Vulture interview, extenuating circumstances also apply to Shelley Duvall and The Shining. We have since discovered that Duvall's performance was impacted by Stanley Kubrick's treatment of her oh. throughout the production. You know, Shelley Duvall had some mental health issues and may still have continuing mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's what they were rescinding it for. It's like, oh, this poor lady, you know lives as a recluse and she believes that there's a portal to another dimension in her backyard but I had heard mm -hmm. that stuff about Kubrick would basically terrorized right. uh, Shelley Duvall to get that performance out of her so what were they criticizing her like why would they ever say it was? About I thought it, I thought her performance was great. I thought the movie was a masterpiece. But the same year, but it wasn't really received that well. Kubrick when it came was out. nominated oh. for worst director. Kubrick was nominated for a Razzie. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Goes to note though that they both didn't win the Razzie. Uh, I had heard that Kubrick would do would do something where. It would kind of drive some uh, actors crazy, but he would have them do like hundreds of takes of the same scene. 
like over and over oh, yeah. and over mm-hmm. and over. And they'd be like, did we get it yet? And he's like, nope, one more. Okay, here's a, here's a great Kubrick story. And I've seen this uh, reported in different sources. You know the where uh, Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson, is typing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And mm-hmm. there's a stack of those papers. Mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick either had somebody or did it himself actually type up that many pages on a manual typewriter of all work and oh no play. <laughs> like somebody's job was to Some actually... Some busy work. Even though you were only going to see one or two pages of it, mm-hmm. he had somebody type it up anyway. Maybe Shelley like Duvall. Like you could have gotten... Maybe Shelley Duvall. Maybe Shelley doing that. You, you could have had a stack of papers and then just the first what, two. Right. <laughs> no, he needed the whole stack to say it. Finally, in a recent appearance on the Howard Stern Show, rapper turned pop punk star Machine Gun Kelly. Am I playing this audio? Please. Do you have it? No, but I, I feel like it. it's the type of okay. story. I have oh, Joanna has it. Do I need to? Since I don't need Nico to bring you up or rock anything. News, yeah. I've decided this is going to be the last story right, of my. So, Machine, Machine Gun, Gun Kelly, Kelly was on was on Howard's show and performed a cover of System of a Down's Aerials. Before the song, though, MGK did state that his band had never done aerials at all and that he was just there to jam and see what happens. Okay, that that might that kind of dulls the of the impact of this, because if this was something they've been practicing and the only excuse for this is that it was unpracticed. Yeah. All right. Let's hear. Ah! <laughs> That's ob- objectively horrible. Ah! Like, it's not a matter of taste. That is Him objectively awful. a joint the whole time. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the worst aerial disaster <laughs> since three members of the Flying Willenses died in a trapeze accident. Can we talk about how great the band, the backing band is, though? They are like, pretty they good. They are yeah. the only ones holding it together. That was a good joke right now. Thank you. Yeah. Except what reference? The Flying Willenses? Yeah. Who the hell are they? They're famous trapeze <laughs> artist family. You could have said the Hindenburg. It's the worst aerial disaster since the, the Hindenburg. Hindenburg. Yeah, I would have gotten that yeah. one better. <laughs> Armenians will not accept this music. Oh, right. This is right. a system of a down. This is an offense to an entire country. That's awful. This is the real crime against Armenia. <laughs> <laughs> With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barpa. You got any uh, comedy upcoming? Got any showcases, open mics? You hosting at the comic uh, strip anytime soon? Yes, I am judging. Well, I'm judging a comedy contest this Saturday, um, and it's going to be. I don't. I don't know the name of the contest, but it's. It's. Uh, people are going to have to do challenges. Like, there's different rounds to it. So some of it will be stand-up. Some of it will be like, you have to do one minute of somebody else's stand-up material. Invitation only? or No, it's uh, open to everybody. Max Downtown. um, It's uh, on Mill Street. uh, And it's a seafood restaurant that's delicious. It's got great food as well. But this Saturday I'll be judging. Then next week I've got got some 420 shows. I've got some some other stuff coming up. Yeah. New product out for comedians. I don't know if you've heard about it. No, what? Uh, you might want to check it out. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we've already given out one cash code keyword that could be worth $10,000 to someone who enters it at klaq.com or the KLAQ mobile app. In about 15 minutes, we're going to have our second cash code keyword of the day. 
You can check out the rules on the mobile app or at klaq.com, but they're pretty easy. Once you hear the word, go and enter it on the KLAQ mobile app. It's real obvious when you open the app or at klaq.com. And that is an entry. Every time you enter a new word, it's another chance for you to win. Every day there's a $2,000 winner. So we're looking forward to giving away a lot of cash this month. And you could win even $10,000. So another cash code keyword on the way. Steve Kaplowitz is going to come in and talk about the exciting national championship game last night where Kansas had to come back from a 16-point deficit at one point to win. Whoa. Is that pretty big for basketball? I'm not a basketball player. I don't know a lot about it. But is 16 points a huge gap to overcome? Well, sure, depending on the point in the game, you know. Um, but yeah, 16, that's, you know, cause you know, in soccer, they can end a, a game zero, zero. Sometimes they may not even score. You know, 16 on any level is a pretty, pretty wide lead. Uh, but Kansas came back. We've got a few articles over at KLAQ.com. I've got an article about the, uh, DeSoto hotel, which caught fire back in February. The owner of the building says that he's going to go ahead with his plans to renovate, so they're not going to tear down the DeSoto Hotel. The renovation will go forward, but the guy who owns it says that uh, it's going to push back his renovation by a year or two. Joanna is talking about the uh, International Bridge side hustle that she noticed when she went to Juarez over the weekend. Uberto. Uberto is his name. How good of a name is that? We're calling him now. So good. I don't think that's his actual name. But he has a great side hustle going on on the bridge where he has a wheelchair. And if you are too tired or cannot make it across the bridge walking, get on that wheelchair, tip him well. He will drive you across that bridge in that wheelchair. And by drive, you mean he will push you. He will push you. It's not a motorized wheelchair. It's not a motorized. It's just an old-fashioned wheelchair. Old-fashioned wheelchair, and he will push you over It's a reverse rickshaw. Yeah, when you think about it in a way, he's not in front of it. Right? He's behind it. You didn't look at my article. What, what is your article? Your article? How to start stand-up comedy in El Paso, Texas. Uh, go to an open mic? A lot of people don't know. <laughs> yes, but a lot of people don't understand that and, and the process. And, you know, it's, it's very intimidating to say open mic. Well, what's that mean? Well, it's literally a bar with a microphone and you just put your name on a list. And, and they will. Up. I've been to these. They will let anybody get up there. <laughs> Buzz has I can vouch for that. <laughs> but uh, some people just have a lot of questions about it, so I try and answer those questions in my article. All right, well, check that one out at klaq.com. Also, Joanna has uh, an article about the one Russian drink that she can't bring herself to boycott. I saw that. I wanted. To, I really wanted to read the article because it's a good picture. What? What is the picture? The, looks like a Bloody Mary. It looks like a weird. It looks like a Bloody Mary. Blood. Yeah. It looks like borscht. Technically, it's called Agua Rusa, so that's, but it sounds Russian, right? So when I first heard it, I was like, Russian, Russian water? water? No, it's not Russian water. What is it? It's a delicious, it's kind of like an agua fresca, but with soda in it. It's delicious. And every time I order it, I'm all, am I supporting Russia? <laughs> I have to stop and ask myself. Am I hating Ukraine by drinking this? I support Ukraine fully. But I would also wait. But like the drink doesn't have anything to do with Russia. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. I saw that uh, they've dealt with the Moscow Ballet. The company that runs the Moscow Ballet 
has changed the name of the Moscow Ballet. No. We are now... Uh, what are they now? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just talked about this off the top of my head. We so are now the Tsar Ballet. No, it's the management group that runs it. They're not really based in Moscow, it doesn't sound like, so they just changed the name. You know, the Moscow Ballet. We are the it. Eurasian Ballet now. I guess back in the Cold War, it was a big deal when these people from Moscow would actually come over and tour the West and put on the Nutcrackers. So the company that owns the Moscow Ballet uh, trademark is changing it to, and it it did have in the story what it was, but I I can't recall it off the top of my head. You should call it the Ukrainian Ballet. The Ukrainian Ballet, that would really... Yeah, they'll get everybody going. Also be a good tweak of the nose to old Putin. Mm -hmm. A little salt in the wound. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one of our st- oh, by the way, the story about the uh, the footage of an interview with eleven year old Prince, uh-huh. uh huh, that is posted by one of our one of our stringers national or one of our national uh, Prince at age eleven. Archive footage accidentally unearthed, so they found this in the film storage room of an affiliate in Minneapolis. Prince famously grew up in Minneapolis and. They were looking at old archive footage, and they saw... Have you seen it, Steve? I have not. Uh, let me see if I can find the part where they show... Would you say, like, like late 60s? 70. 1970. Oh, 1970. They, Would you say you were a Prince fan? fan yeah, Prince? I like Prince, absolutely. He's got some great songs. I don't recognize his voice, but I kind of recognize his face. They said that the, the guy who was going through these archives was a production director for WCCO, Steve, in Minneapolis. And he said, that kid really looks like Prince, and Prince would have been around that age mm. in 1970. And then he went around and showed it to everybody else in the office without saying who it was. They all said Prince? And they all said it looks like Prince. <laughs> Our excitement. He didn't say his name, so they just had to assume. But then they went back and looked at one of his... Yearbooks from around that time. It's the it's same the kid. Same, you're right. It's the same. Okay, kid. so this actually made me think. Well, we have uh, a sister uh, news stations and, and things like that. Do our news stations have an archive room or a vault? Do our the, do any of our news stations? No, have... Steve used to work on TV. Ask him. So they did, and what happened did was, they was that it all as a lot digital? of as a lot of stations moved to digital. Well, no, moved, moved. Oh, I mean, they, physically they, they moved. Left. Okay. Some of those, some of those tapes have have either were, were not kept or they can deteriorate. Yeah, just not stored, it, like right? in the canister. They said that this this thing nobody right. had put a hand on this canister in fifty two years. So most of the archive tapes that I had seen over the years at um, really every station um, were beta. Oh, okay. They were not real to real, or they were not. They were not real to real. They were not like that. They were not film, and and the reason is is that nobody really kept that. Um, Interesting. So when you went into like for example, Channel Four, okay, Channel Four um, was haunted, and uh, they kept all of their archives in their basement, which nobody where wanted the ghost to, lives, which nobody wanted to go see because of the ghosts, and yet um, those were not real to reels like what you just saw. Those were more of the older, uh, larger beta tapes from probably the eighties. I, I didn't see a lot of sixties, and I didn't see any sixties and seventies archives. It was all pretty much from the eighties. Even those eighties, I would love. To, that's forty years ago. I mean, I would love to. So um, here's some of those. So it's interesting. When I was just here for the first year, okay, I was Elmo 
for a food drive that we were doing over there on the east side. And then there was an armored car heist right there in the middle was a, of the food What? Yeah. Right in the middle, and I was with the late uh, Steve Scott Steve slash Elmo, which is how they <laughs> identified him on the camera, was caught in the yeah. crossfire of an oh armed... Bullets yes. were fired, right, no, that's, true, that's true. Bullets were fired. And all I remember Elmo's is... scared. All I remember is Scott... Elmo doesn't like fighting. Scott Ronson... Um, uh, said get in the uh, get in the vehicle. So he like basically told me to go in the um, you know go in the KLAQ whatever it was whatever I think it was either the mobile home of rock or the van whatever it was. So I was in there for about ten minutes and I came out. And when Dave Garcia who just passed away yeah. was reporting on the story for Channel Four, he wanted me as an eyewitness to describe what happened. And I said I look like crap, Dave. I, my hair's all bent out of shape and I have glasses. And I, right. So I said I'll only do the interview with the Elmo costume on. <laughs> so he like introduces he me. He didn't do the voice though, so it's just like Steve. Oh, I just heard these sounds. It I was tragic. It was a car firing, and the next thing and I you. know, Scott Ranson was right. pushing me in the back of a van. So you hear this whole interview, right, with me in the Elmo costume. And they had that for years saved on uh, beta in, oh, their, in their archives. I would pay someone and to see that. And for whatever reason, when they moved from uh, where they were on, I think it was Wyoming, uh, to now where they are, which is North Mesa, because they share it with KFOX, right. the, all the tapes were, were lost. Oh. So I don't know what happened to that. Now, I kept that as a on my resume tape for TV for years, but for, for whatever reason, my resume tape stopped playing. That just goes to show you, even when I stored it here at the radio station, something happened to the right. tape, and uh, it's gone. So, unfortunately, because I always wanted to upload that to YouTube, because oh, I think would that would have be been hilarious. Do a whole but, article about it. Yeah, but I, I just unfortunately don't have the ability to, to play that The anymore. whole story, so. including the video of the archive footage that was accidentally discovered of an 11-year-old Prince Nelson Mm-hmm. is uh, posted at KLAQ.com. I think it's him for sure, by the way. Is he about the same age as Michael Jackson? Were they pretty close in age? They were contemporaries. That's a good question. Well, I, was, I mean, do I the math. When, if he was 11, he must have been born in 1959. So. Which is about the same age as Michael, right? Because I think yeah, when the Jackson like 5 first hit big in, the, in like 70 and 71, he was like 10 or 11 years old. So I always thought they were like the same age. Cappy, do you think you got time if we take a break and come back? Because I don't want to... I don't want to give short shrift to today's sports. Right. Well, it was a great game. I don't blame you. I wouldn't Fantastic want to game. And it's our last tourney talk. Right. So, yeah. So we'll take a break and uh, come back with tourney talk on the way here in just a few minutes. I have an article in the works about the Masters, which get underway. And the big story, the only real story, is about Tiger Woods and whether or not he's going to play. But as a side note, did you know you're not allowed to wear shorts at Augusta National? Yeah, what is with this dress code? No, but all I know is this, okay? Every year I always apply for the Masters tickets on the lottery, and I yep. never win. I they, always get turned you're, down. You're better off buddying up with like somebody who works for a, a beverage distributor mm-hmm. or yeah. a car dealership, because sometimes those guys get or Fred Albers. Tickets. Or Fred Albers, who covers Fred's, for yeah, Masters. Serious. Exactly. Okay, is there really a golfer whose name is Taylor, Taylor Gooch? Gooch? Yeah, Taylor Gooch. Is this is he's been on the tour for a couple few years. What an unfortunate last name. <gasps> I know. I would not have wanted. Well, I mean, how about I mean, better in than, middle school? Better than Taylor Taint, right? Well, how about this not one? Much. Not much. <laughs> not a lot. There was a golf. Jesus. There's a golfer that's older, but his name is Fred Funk. <laughs> Taylor Gooch is playing in the Masters for the first time, and he was on the putting green, and he had shorts on, and the the pro 
like the head pro at Augusta National, came out and told, hey, you know, I hate to do this, and I know you're just trying to get a practice in, but we don't allow shorts. Even for practice? Not mm. for practice. Also, the caddies wow. can wear shorts on every other, as far as I know, every other tour event. Not the Masters. In fact, at the Masters, the caddies have to wear those old-fashioned white jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. That's right. Those are cool looking. The, ma- the Augusta National has never been on, and Steve, I think you'll agree, never been on the cutting edge of societal change. No. Yeah. In fact, they really try to keep a lot of these yeah. stuffy traditions in place. So I know. I do like the fact that there's a guy named Gooch that's going to be that's playing. Hilarious. But, but by the way, wasn't now I'm there going a for character? Taylor Gooch. <laughs> wasn't there a character on different strokes? It was Arnold's bully, the, the Gooch. Gooch. Right. And it oh, turned it out the Gooch was a girl. Yeah, I remember that episode. Exactly, the Gooch. And uh, in the course of researching for this article, I found out that Gooch, as a uh, slang term for, is it the perineum? Oh, good job, the perineum. Exactly right. It's it was the- first documented in 1999 on Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. So the perineum has been called the Gooch or the taint since at least 1999. So you learn a Interesting little. Interesting fact, yeah, yeah. You can learn a lot about golf and taints and everything else just by reading some of my articles. All right, we'll take a break and we'll have Steve coming up in just a moment. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I wonder if we'll ever do a keyword on the queue where it'll be like Wordle. You'll have to solve it, and then once you solve it, in if you do it enough tries, then you can enter it. Nice. I'm, I'm trying to imagine how that would work out. It's it's probably a pretty good idea. No, well, everybody's playing it. I, I play Wordle every day. What a what a pain in the ass. Do you that do Wordle every day? Every day. Nice. And I've and I've never lost. I've played like you've 70, always figured it out before seventy three, seventy four times, whatever it is, and I've and I've always figured it out. Now most of the time right. I figure it out in four tries. I do. I have had two. I think where I've gotten them on the second try, a bunch of third tries, and then of course uh, fifth, uh, and then only a few six. I mean, I don't usually get to six, but I think a Wordle you know. is kind of like a miniature wheel of fortune without the spinning. It's mm. an interesting way of looking how many at chances it. do you get? Yeah. Like five or six. Six. But ever since the New York Times bought it, they've screwed with the game. And it's not the same. Like, originally it was really a lot of fun. But have you noticed that when the Times bought it, now you get a lot of double consonants, double vowels. They try to screw around with you a little bit more. Yeah, I'm telling you, I get you. I do. Still free, though? Free. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the truth. The day that game gets to be a pay pay game is that that's... that's You don't like it that much? No. No, not that much. Not for one word a day. 16 points down. Steve, I need you to Jeez. paint this picture for me because, you know, I watched till halftime. No, and it was, looked like yeah. it's like, ah, North Carolina's running away with it. I think it was a 10 point lead when I. 15 finally, at halftime. Was it 15, 15 at halftime? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then eventually got up to 16. Right. And uh, tell me how Kansas got back in in this. Well, they first off, they they were really struggling getting the ball inside in the first half, and then all of a sudden they started opening it up, played well in transition, started playing terrific defense, and before you know it, they were, in five minutes they erased that deficit and got it down to like four or five, and that's when you realized, uh oh, this is uh, North Carolina is going to have uh, a really tough time holding on. Although it was so good, the last five or six minutes was back and forth, lead changes like crazy. Both teams were playing out of their mind. I mean, it was an awesome game. It really was. Um, so Kansas Jayhawks were absolutely one of the powerhouses of college basketball win a championship. How many is this for Kansas? Did they just win every one when they had Wilt back in the day? They dominated when they had Wilt. They did. I don't know how many this is for them, but isn't this what how many is this for self? That's what I was trying to figure yeah. out. Is this like number three for Bill Self? 
If if you don't know, I don't know. I can tell you that. Um, it was interesting. So in the second half, you know, when North Carolina was playing with Baycott, I mean, he was he was a threat. And even right down to the wire, he re-injures, you know, he retwists his ankle with like 45 seconds left to go. And the minute he goes down, um, all of a sudden, you know, um, Kansas is up one. And then they just went right inside to the big man, and that was the end. Because all of a sudden, uh, they didn't have, North Carolina didn't have their big man to guard him, and he was just, he feasted on those last couple of possessions. And remember I mentioned yesterday Caleb Love was going to be the X-Factor Caleb Love got that shot at the end. Caleb Love made five shots in 24 attempts, Buzz. So Caleb Love had a miserable performance shooting the basketball. And, you know, they still were right there. They had so many opportunities. Did he have um, a good look at it there at the end? No. They played great defense on him. They played great defense on him the whole game, and he just couldn't get – He, you could tell it was a confidence thing because he missed layups. He missed things like – it was in his head. And uh, you got to give Kansas and Bill Self a lot of credit. I know some people – I don't know why some people hate Bill Self. I just don't get that. You brought this up, and I made a – a pun out of it yesterday. I said it was self-loathing. Okay, yeah. Joanna. Go in, go, yesterday, after the show, uh-huh. Buzz and I are driving, and okay. Buzz goes, Hey, so did you like that joke? <laughs> I was like, what joke? He's like, Come on, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it just tells you like that. No, I don't remember. Self-loathing? That was pretty. Self-loathing? <laughs> what do you mean people don't like Bill Self? I don't know why, but people just don't root for the guy. And I'm like, well, he doesn't really cheat. I mean, or at least not any more than anybody else does. What's his, he doesn't uh, seem to be abrasive. He seems to be a pretty good What's his game demeanor? Fine. How is he with the press? Fine. Here is Bill Self uh, talking about what he told his team who were down 15 at halftime. And yeah. Hubert Davis in his first uh, year as head coach in North Carolina, Tar Heels said he's proud of his team after the loss. I love Hubert Davis. You know, I loved him as a player. Um, first year as a head coach now, after all those years working under Roy Williams uh, at North Carolina. I think he's going to be ter- he's going to have a chance to win a national title here pretty soon. Just terrific coach. A uh, quick question, Cappy. Wh- uh, where were uh, Kansas at last year in the tournament? Oh, that's a good question. I don't remember very well. This is a market improvement from last year. Well, they were probably a one seed. Yeah, last they were year. probably a one seed. Oh, going okay. Last so it's year. not like what they're always the one. They're always a one or a two. They're always good. Is, this isn't like a team that good. was behind. Oh then, no, okay. Kansas is one of the best teams in the country. They load year up with blue year. chip prospects. Hundred percent. You know, they're just always loaded. If yeah. they ever had an off year, it would, you know, it would probably cost the coach of their job. Absolutely. This is Turning Talk. It's brought to you by GECU. Put your game into overdrive with a low-rate GECU auto loan. Details at GECU.com, equal opportunity lender. And we're into the baseball season with minor league action from the El Paso Chihuahuas on our partner station, Steve, your station. 600 ESPN El Paso. Yeah, I heard the interview with Brad Taylor earlier today. Good interview. Very nicely done. Uh, Their home season starts a week from today, but they're on the road in Round Rock. uh, 6.05 first pitch tonight. And hard to believe that baseball season, like Chihuahua season, is already here. It's flown by. It really has. And looking forward to getting uh, Tim Haggerty back on the call here tonight. You know, the only game I went to, Buzz was the one to take me, but there's a guy at each of the Chihuahuas games. Andy? Who's the on-field announcer? Oh, yeah, he's great. Andy Enfeld. <laughs> the guy. Andy's been doing it, I think, since the very the beginning. beginning. I think. Yeah, year one. So good at what he does as the on-field announcer. But he, he also does these games with the, the kids and stuff. And he's, like, making jokes the whole time. Yeah. How he's, like, the get M- that job. He's, like, the MC. 
He is. He's the on-field MC. They brought him in. That job. Yeah, he came from Burbank. Brad was telling me that they hired him specifically out of California as an intern. I I was like, how do you get that job? I think (laughs) the deal was they had like auditions, but the auditions were more for show because Andy was part of the. well, I guess he was. Oh my God! He was on really? A, as an intern, and then he was hosting some karaoke event that they had, and That's he right. was like, "Well, that guy's awesome at this." So he was now. He's now the director of marketing and promotion. So wow. everything that involves like you know the giveaways and all the promotional stuff they do during the games, all the on-field stuff and behind the scenes. That's 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 his job. And I mean, Andy is, you know, he's been here since the beginning. So it's he's he's a staple at uh, Chihuahua's baseball. Well, games. I can't wait to go to the games. They're gonna be fun. You've only been to one game. Yeah. How is that possible? People don't like to take me out. 2020, they didn't have games. Right, what about last year? Last year, I kind of, I mean, for me, I avoided it kind of because I thought, well, you're going to have to wear a mask and it's going to be 90 or 100 degrees out there. That's the only thing. It gets real hot. and I'm, I'm a sweater. I'm a big sweater. At night, it's really nice. Yeah. Once the sun goes one. down in El Paso, so you know, got- it gets to be 8 o'clock. And it's just Ooh, perfect. that's nice Listen, timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially when Buzz buys those tic- raffle tickets for you. <laughs> oh, I bought the raffle. I bought Joanna bought raffle. T- I bought Joanna and Lisa raffle tickets. Really? And Joanna won. I won. Get out of here. Yeah, How much did you win? Uh, I can't remember. 600 maybe? Like did, you 600 Buzz, did you give Buzz any of it back? No. No. I didn't Not get a, a dime. Nah. I bought him donuts. He's like the dad. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, Buzz doesn't need the he money. He was just but, happy seeing me win. That was cool. That was nice of you, Buzz. I don't even think I knew until the next day. You know what I was asking Brad or telling him? The Chihuahua's ballpark is so clean. They, they do a, such is. a good job of maintaining it. And he was saying, oh, well, that's our marketing. Like, we, we make sure that that's a part of marketing. Best and foot forward. Best foot forward. Always have it clean. 100%. And, and I'll tell you something else. The ballpark looks as nice now as it did when it right, first opened exactly. up. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. It really is. I mean, being in El Paso, I see a lot of graffiti in bathrooms everywhere. And... It's like, well, they didn't get here yet. <laughs> nope, they run it top notch. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of credit that goes to the staff. I think probably a lot of credit goes to Paul Foster. You yeah. Know, just making sure that it's a... Well, the ownership group has put the money in to maintain it, which is what you want, and they've done a really good job with that. So that's Mountain Star Sports. And, you know, they also do the locomotive matches, not just baseball. It's also soccer out there. And, uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. I love the fact they're bringing back the old food. I, I heard yeah. that. I was yeah. like, wow, yeah. that's, that's really cool. Because last year and the year before, it was kind of like the very like a generic standard type mm-hmm. of menu with not a lot of the same old stuff. And now they're going back to their roots. I thought that's that's really cool for the fans. Give the fan experience. Yeah, they have the Juarez dogs Juarez last dogs. year. Mm. Yeah, is that one of your favorites? I've never had the Juarez dog. Have you never I don't had know what a I'm Juarez at. dog? What we like from the little hot dog cart on the side of the street? You've never gone to one of these. And that's not the same thing, oh, right? It is well. Not the same as in Juarez. But I thought a Juarez dog only existed in at uh, what's the ballpark called? Southwest. You University. thought that's the only place you got it? Joanna? Can you help please explain a Juarez dog to Buzz? It's delicious. It's like a, a probably got like freaking jalapenos. Going to do well, like, just get my stomach. It probably has fits. a lot of stuff that Buzz doesn't like yeah. to begin with. It's a whole another meal added on top of a hot dog. There's you, tons um, of other food. It's a hot dog the- covered in tacos. <laughs> <laughs> have you had the uh, huevos rancheros burger before? No, that's good. What? It's, it's it's messy, but it's good. It's really. I was gonna good. say that sounds like a mess. Oh yeah, you want to eat that? Well, make sure you've got plenty of napkins, but it's worth it, man. That's a that was a delicious burger from the first couple years. Also, 
Well, it's been a lot of fun doing tourney talk with you. Our thanks to GECU for sponsoring. And uh, any any word on the go from Tiger Woods yet, or do you think they are gonna? Even if he doesn't morning. play, he is doing them a big favor I because everybody's playing. real. You, I think oh, so too. I do. The more listen, everybody that's seen Tiger play is all, now maybe they're just trying to cover from it. They've all said he looks great. So I don't know why wouldn't you play? Well, some people are saying that he's gonna he's gonna have to walk over some big hills. Who, who knows the. Uh, extent to his uh, uh, mobility at this he point. He played in a father-son thing with Charlie uh, a few months ago, and Hasn't I, he I assume, I don't know if he got to ride in a cart with well, that. Well, didn't he already play two practice rounds at uh, at Augusta? And he's probably walked both of them. So. I would imagine. Well, let me yeah. ask you this. What yeah. what type of, in, is he limping right now? How bad is his leg? I don't know. I'm not watching Tiger's every move. Well, I think that's going to inform you whether he's going to be able to move around the course and whether he's going to want to go through that These effort. These pro golfers are so good. I've seen them demonstrate this before. You would think, oh, you know, if you don't have your legs at 100%. I've mm-hmm. seen guys get down on their knees yeah. and swing a driver and hit it 280 yards right wow. down the middle of the fairway. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah, I've wow. seen some of those demonstrations where they do that. You it's not tried, just you, trick you, shot guys. Have you ever tried doing it yourself? I've tried everything. I've tried like bouncing it on the club face and then yeah. hitting it. And it's just. Have I you bro- ever done the Happy Gilmore where you've taken a running head start <laughs> and then just try to launch it as hard as sure. you can? Yeah, everybody's done that. No, I mean seriously, have you tried that? Yeah. Does it work? <laughs> no, usually, <laughs> usually you cuff it or it's a big slice or whatever. And it's a really hard thing. To I, do. I don't I think. I think even if you connect it on it, it only give you like. 12 or 15. That's probably why probably. more people don't do it, because it doesn't work I think though. it's against the rules, yeah. too. Oh. I don't think you're allowed to run up on the ball What kind like of that? rules are there? Oh, there's In plenty golf? of golf. There's tons. So, where you can't run at the ball? Have you ever gone on the golf Good course God. to play around the golf? I've played with Buzz and... Uh, you, you didn't play. Yeah. You watched. I played... A, <laughs> oh, yeah. I drove the cart around, too. Yeah. But I mean, when you play, you, you realize there are th- certain things you can't do. You can't ride the cart on the gr- on the greens. Yes. You can't do that. Yes. No, I knew there's a lot of rules, but if I didn't know that If you're on a sand trap, do you know you your club can't touch the sand until you make your shot? Like, you can't no, do a I practice shot. I, what? Did you know yeah. you can't? Yeah, what? if you're in the sand, you're not allowed to... Practice you a little? Can't, you can't no. ground You can't ground You the can't club. ground your club in a drop zone yeah. or a hazard. Uh-huh. Um... And by the way, when you when you're done hitting the ball out of the sand trap, you got to rake it back. You got to make the you know the the dirt. Real this nice. sounds like the least fun, most labor intensive sport anybody would have to do. Nope, you're nope. like raking sand and like putting divots back in and like doing yard work basically. To you're not doing yard work. Basically, you know what I love about golf. The truth is this: golf is the only sport, the only sport where when you play, you are at peace with nature. And yeah. what I mean by yeah. that is there's nothing, there's no background noise. You can just relax and just, you know, it's so nice and peaceful. Okay, and I can see that. Yeah. Here's what I like about golf. Golf is the, maybe not the only one, but one of the few sports where you can get better and better as you get older, even into your 60s and 70s. Mm. Yeah. Look at your dad. A great example oh, of that. Yeah, my great dad. Great example. My dad was uh, 70 when he would regularly shoot. Three or four under par, so shooting under his age every time he went out. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Be the uh, final segment of the show in thirty minutes, give or take. You know, either side of uh, quarter past the hour. Another cash code keyword. Also, two for Tuesday is about to get underway. Listen for featured double shots from your favorite bands throughout the day, right on up until seven o'clock when Loudwire Night starts. All right, guys, as of just a few moments ago, Tiger Woods has said his intention is to play at this year's Masters Tournament. Woo! Tiger says he's he's going to play. 
Oh my god! How exciting! And, oh my uh, god, that's great! I guess. I, uh, Nico, you've asked you. a few times how serious were Tiger Woods' injuries. I so, did. I was wondering. In a uh, single car accident uh, back in 2021, early in 2021, uh, here are the. This will mean more to you as a medical professional, I guess. <laughs> Open tibia and fibula fractures, compound and communated, comminuted in nature. That's Compound sense. means that the bones were through the skin. Yes. And comminuted means, means they were broken, not clean breaks. So. It was broken in... Like shards and stuff. Yeah, shards. And Ugh. more than one place. By the way, means I, know, broken two I know a lot of people were thinking this. I don't know if anybody ever said it. What was up with Tiger that he just like uh, wrecked his car while he was driving? He didn't wreck into anybody. Nobody hit him. He just drove he wasn't. The, uh, there was no DUI or anything to it. Well, he the time that he had been arrested before was driving under the influence of... It was some kind of prescription medication. Mm-hmm. You know, he had been taken in and booked and stuff. And, you know, it was a real fall from grace mm-hmm. type of moment. Well, I mean, that and the whole thing with his wife with, with the seven iron on the driveway. The but. problem with these open tibia and fibula fractures is that uh, the, the, the treatment normally is what's called an external fixator. And it's a metal contraption. They literally screw in metal pins all around the broken bones, and then they attach them to other the other metal parts, and it kind of just holds it all together. And that was probably uh, he, did he did he get a nail? He got a titanium nail in his yeah. tibia. So that would be the that would be the treatment, and then the external fixator is keeping it there instead of a. It's basically an extreme cast. Is this metal ex- external fixator is holding all those bones there together? We, and by we, I guess I mean Nico, said something that somebody found objectionable yesterday and they called in about it. Very triggered, I have to say. But Us? I just yeah. said something objectable? I just want to say, as I was no. listening to the call, no. I was thinking what you're referring to, I think, was a joke. So I just want to check that and confirm it with you. But here's the call we got about something that was said yesterday on the show. I can't believe how ignorant you all sound. I don't know how you could think... Joe Biden for the gas reduction when he's going into our oil reserves. Under President Trump, we were energy independent. We had way lower gas prices. I mean, all you guys do is just spew nonsense. <laughs> you want to talk politics, then have a real conversation. Have a, a debate. Have people on there that know what they're talking about. You guys just spew garbage every day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I had to think for about 30 seconds, and I thought, was it when I said I noticed the gas prices in El Paso over the weekend were down under uh, under $4? What show does he think he's listening to? <laughs> Did he ever think there wasn't nonsense? Uh, yeah, but he thinks... Okay, so anyway, I just want to play the thing. It was a it was joke, first of all. So here's what was... And this is the entirety of what was said yesterday. You want to talk about easily triggered. All of the things he said, literally about 10 to 15 seconds of complaints. All stem from this. Mm-hmm. Places, it was, I think, 364 is what I saw oh, yesterday. So under $4, like, that's good. It looks like gas is down just a little bit. Thank of- you, Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> Can I just say, Buzz immediately knew 
which segment it was, what time it was. No, I had got to, it down to the perfect. I time. had to look for it. I was like, when did you talk about it? It I wasn't know, but immediate like that. The fact but that he was motivated exactly enough to morning, go to the well, because I we wanted to point out, to have our a, meeting the, and Buzz wasn't paying attention. The thanks Joe was, Biden was similar. It was like a callback to thanks Obama, yes, where it's it like, oh, you blame everything on Obama. Thanks Joe Biden. See, that's how good of a joker I was doing a callback. Now, if one of the other things the caller said is that we were energy independent under President Trump, which is really interesting, except I looked it up and that's not yeah, true. That's not true. We've that never been. We were not energy independent. But listen, I, I'm willing to have an honest discussion. I think both parties and would like to be energy independent, but this is just how you accomplish it. So if you're on the right side of the spectrum or a Republican, you're more likely to be like, we need to be drilling in all the national parks or we need to drill in Alaska. And if you're a Democrat... You're also for energy independence, but you think that means moving away from fossil fuels and moving toward renewable sources of energy. Uh, it just came out this past month that there's 9,000 untapped or un being unused oil wells right now. By the way, this comes on the same day a report from UN uh, from the UN yesterday came out said temperatures on Earth will shoot past a key danger point unless greenhouse gas gas emissions fall faster than what con countries and have a, committed to. So these are the Paris Accords, and even those countries and corporations have not even met what they said their their target goal was. And they say that there are going to be very serious, measurable increases in things like flash floods. There already are. Flash floods, extreme heat, more intense hurricanes, longer burning wildfire seasons, uh, which is going to, look, that's going to cost hundreds of billions, billions. of dollars. We're going to pay a price. It's just, do we pay the price now or do we pay the price later? But later is going to be much more expensive. So when you come down to, I, look, I don't think Democrats want us to be reliant on other countries for energy. But I will admit that what they want to do is move away from fossil fuels and move toward more renewable sources of energy. And it's a balancing act, right? You could do it all at once, but... Your economy wouldn't work anymore. Well, you can't you, do it all at once because not everybody has. Well, exactly. That's, you know, and they really haven't perfected it. I mean, eventually it'll get better where they get to a point where an electric, and even an electric charged car is it a solution. I think they need to go. Joanna Buzz is like, I wouldn't get a Tesla. What, am I going to drive 400 miles and then have to stop to recharge it? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what. That's kind of how. That's I how would drive it. a hybrid. Where I could drive and then I don't think kick you, in the tank. I don't think you know how hybrids work. You don't get the option of going electric or gas. It's like they're all working at the same time. Mm, I'm not sure you're right. Yeah. Hybrids are... I, I think if you run out of your charge, your your combustion engine will take over on a hybrid no, vehicle. I don't think it works like that. Yeah. But you're not sure, are you? Well, it could be. Like, there might be a... a I'm thinking of a Prius, specifically. A, to a Toyota Prius, which was the first hybrid. When it stopped... Well, I just know I drive Pat through West Texas where there are miles and miles of nothing. But you know, and I, the last thing they have are are uh, charging nope, stations that's not for true. Teslas. Nope, they have entire Tesla charging banks. I was just driving through San Antonio, and at each of the pit stops, each of the pilots or the flying J's, I stopped. We're at. talking about different things, Nico. I'm not talking about driving through San Antonio. I'm talking about I'm, driving <laughs> through Seminole, Texas. I'm, not, I'm talking about driving through Fort, Fort Stockton. I'm talking about the flying J in Fort Stockton. You would I'm have talking to about plot out your trip in Sequoia. You know, that all of the, those little towns, I, look, they have the, the point Teslas. is, this technology will get better eventually. But if we switched over, not everybody's equipped. Yes. Also, there are some vehicles that uh, 
an electric engine doesn't really do the job like a big farm vehicle. I think you forget people in, you know, the middle part of America. Many of those people live in the country, you know. They're miles and miles away from the nearest charging station. We you can charge oil. at home. Yeah, we need oil for now, but definitely because, uh, and it really comes down to uh, my party, which is the Republican Party, uh, became the anti-science party Whatever at some rhino. point along the way. Well, it, listen, it was a big uh, coming to the truth moment where it's like, oh, you know, this the Republicans really seem like they're going to take the part of. Anti, whatever the scientific consensus is, it was too many times the Republicans have been on the wrong side of that. And I think one of the things is climate change denial. Mm-hmm. The science shows that not only is it going to happen, it is happening already. So get your Yellowstone passes now. <laughs> get your passes for Yellowstone, uh, which will be good in 100 years. But uh, anyway, here is the extent of our uh, left-wing talking points from yesterday. all right have a great one everybody we'll be back tomorrow too for tuesday starts in just a moment another cash code keyword about 15 minutes away